I'm Danny. And I'm Mike. And we invite you to join our conversations on Danny Danny and Mike Catch Up. Up. We talk about all the big news in politics and history. And we break it all down for you. Follow us on Twitter at D-A-M-C-U underscore podcast. And Danny and Mike Catch Up on Facebook. And search for us on the Anchor FM app. We just started out, but we're growing. Help us expand our audience by smashing that like or follow button. Yeah, we definitely appreciate your support. In the meantime, get ready for another awesome episode with Jerry, Tyler, Zach, and Christopher of The The History History Boys. It's time to Four history boys walk into a bar. Welcome to the History Boys podcast, folks. I'm Tyler Armentrout. I'm a history boy, and I'm here to sling and zing and 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 take over for the zingers because because Chris ain't delivering this week. <laughs> I'm not the same anymore. Look, things have changed in my since, life since yeah. the accident. Yeah. Since the since accident. Since the incident. <laughs> I'm in an accident. Nothing happened. Um, my name is Christopher Whedon, and I am a history boy. Uh, I'm just your everyday spaceman, uh, Zach Mech, and I am also a history boy. And I am Jerry Nash, your humble history boy and heretical history boy. Oh, no! Oh, what this, did you uh, do? This new episode that Shoot we're Shoot us, no! You about uh, the penitent one? I will let you know that I did not get struck by lightning, not once, while while writing this episode. Well, I don't know what episode we're doing. You haven't told me yet, but I just, I, I actually did have something up front I wanted to talk about, and it's that I recently converted to Catholicism. Oh, you did? And I'm actually extremely religious, and I take it all super serious. So you're full bore. You're in full, it. I'm you're all in the way it. in. He's um, got the, he's got the suit, he's got the cross, he's got uh, all the different the ding-dongs, and yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Keys. <laughs> the Josh <judge> Keys. <laughs> there, there's some issues that were happening in the Catholic Church, and I'm aware of them. I'm not okay with it. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. I'm talking about what those priests were doing, you know, playing. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the Spanish Inquisition, but. No, that was fine. Oh, but, okay. uh, no one expects <laughs> the Spanish Inquisition either. I'm talking yeah. about. I heard they were they, they go down to Vegas, you know, and they yeah. uh, they play video poker. Oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, not literally. That's that's a sin. Gambling is a They sin. play video yes. poker and analog poke him. Yeah, yeah. With little Ooh. boys. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's the hint. It's little boys that. I, uh,. I can't, I can't condone that. That's, that no. was a very big problem. And, no, it's uh, horrible. And a lot of people didn't, uh, you know, see justice because of that. Yeah. A lot of yeah. lives were ruined. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't funny anymore. <laughs> uh, before we begin, I do just want to say, we are not religious people, despite what Chris just said. Yeah. Uh, I, we are not religious. I was well, actually joking. He was doing it big, guys. I did write this before he converted to Catholicism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we're I, not religious people. Our point of view will be... Uh, reflected in the fact that we are not religious people. It's a secular point of view, guys. Get used to it. So acknowledging my own inherent bias aside, I will say I have worked hard to present you with a fair and well-rounded story as much as I can. Mother Teresa of Calcutta is a polarizing figure. She's deeply admired, mostly by Catholics, but by non-Catholics as well. And although she is admired by many in the world, uh, the world over, in some circles, she is reviled. It's because she feeds the good kids, but she also feeds the kids that are pieces of shit. (laughs) They don't deserve any food. There's only so much to go around. So she's got to be a little bit just, you know, 
raise the bar, hire your standards. <laughs> I know you've been dead a while, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I heard that there was this three year old who was just a real fucking asshole, and she would, she would, she would feed him. And uh, I left the Catholic Church when I heard that just now on my yeah, phone. I see. I Somebody see. texted ah. me about it. Yeah, you, so see. I'm gone. I'm uh, okay. F- <laughs> full blown atheist. Now. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. I worship the devil. Nice. Hail Satan. But yeah, no matter who you ask, there's almost no middle ground with Mother Teresa. Opinions mm. are just completely divided. So just to clarify, Jerry, this episode isn't on Goldie Hawn. No. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Goldie Hawn. Yeah. But, but we are going to be going... Goldie Hawn is a national treasure. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> We're going to be going overboard with this nice. story. Thank nice. you. So the youngest of three... Agnes Gonja Boyajou. Mm, you practiced that. Yeah, and Gonja actually means little flower. Uh-huh. She was born on August 26th, 1910, mm-hmm. to an ethnically Albanian family in the town of Skopje, which at the time was in Kosovo Vilayet, which was a region of the Ottoman Empire. Oh, nice. Now the capital of North Macedonia. All right. So she's down with Otto von Bismarck. <laughs> no, that's Germany, pal. Uh, that was, uh, wait. Uh, no, that's Austria. Right? <laughs> no, Ottoman Empire. Otto von Bismarck. Yeah, uh, Ottoman Empire. Otto von. Empire. We are the history boys. Yeah, wait, wait, am I supposed? Are we all supposed to be historians on this thing? <laughs> also, uh, history fun fact: she was born one year before the Titanic sunk. Makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> Went down in, in 1911. She was born in 1910. I'm just saying, maybe it's connected, maybe it's not. It was 100 percent connected. By the way, in my research, I came up with a bonkers conspiracy theory that Mother Teresa had a son. His name, Doctor Fauci. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa! I don't know what that means, <laughs> but <laughs> you must have been sober when you came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> Her parents, Nikolai and Drana Fau, I believe it's how it's pronounced. Bernay Boyajou. They had two children before. Agnes, or Agnes, is the anglicized version of it. Agnes. Mm-hmm. There was her sister, who was born in 1905, her sister Aga. And her brother Lazar was born in 1908. Now, her early life is clouded, and much of it is probably apocryphal, because she would kind of say things here and there, and people just sort of repeat things, and most of it's probably bullshit. Honestly. Did she kill Stalin? (laughs) There's just not a lot of record of it, you know, things like that. That was kind of an insight. Did she she say, like, when I say Jesus, you say rocks, Jesus. And then they're like, rocks, Jesus. Because, like, you know. She was was like the She would say things and people would repeat it. Mm. Uh, Well, her family, (laughs) uh, the Balkans are notoriously ethnically diverse and religiously diverse. So the politics around this area are incredibly complicated incredibly complicated so she was ethnically albanian in skopje and her family were were catholic and that was a minority in this area at this time usually her family is portrayed as as living modestly and maybe even poor now this is half true half true yeah they only had one mansion <laughs> and a boathouse her father, Nikolai, spoke multiple languages, and he was influential enough 
to be the only Catholic member of the city council of Skopje. Huh. And and he used money from his several uh, business investments to help finance some railway lines that went, you know, in and out of Kosovo. So he he was influential and definitely well off enough that he could do this, and and he made profits from these things as well. They had cabbage, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> they were up to their ears in cabbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like their neighbors are like those goddamn boyajous over there with their goddamn cabbages. Mm-hmm. I, I, I literal s- cabbages. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I saw him walking around with a roll of toilet paper the other day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are they? Queen? Sons of bitches. What are they, the royal family? Yeah. <laughs> Queen of England over here with your toilet paper. <laughs> to cut a long and extremely complicated story short, when the region was incorporated into Serbia, uh, Yugoslavia, uh, Nikolai became an activist for Albanian civil rights. Hmm. Now, he died under mysterious circumstances, although hmm. it seems like the most accepted story seems to be that he was poisoned by Serbian assassins. He fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a car accident by bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, the car drove into a bunch of bullets. What are you yeah. supposed to do? Yeah. Some piano movers uh, threw a piano on top of his head. Ah. <laughs> on accident. Yeah. Not related to yeah. Albanian-Serbian clashes. A, a, a piano <laughs> fell out of a window. One of the wires went flying and, and just chopped right his head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk about a D minor. Yeah. Oh. D, D major, because it's like death, you know. Starts, major it's the death. major death. Yeah, it's a major yeah. death. Yeah, but if it's a major death, that's also a happy death. If it's, yeah. A, yeah. If it's a minor key, then it's sadder. sadder. If you're against his politics, you're probably pretty stoked. Yeah, right. Also, uh, just so you know, folks, uh, Major Death is uh, my wrestler name. Nice. Uh, And he's going to get you, brother, this Sunday in the Iron Ring. Hell yeah. I'm going to hit Chris over the head with a folding chair. (laughs) Unrelated to his wrestling. Join join us on our Patreon, pal, to watch uh, Major Death. uh. (laughs) It's like that Simpsons where he hits hits Homer with the chair and the... In the bathtub? Yeah, 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 that's right. Chris is like, I'm not a wrestler. I'm like, surprised you are. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first way of finding out you're a wrestler. Yeah, Yeah, you get hit by a folding chair. Yeah. In the privacy of your own home. (laughs) (laughs) Usually it's Vince McMahon who does the chair hitting. Yeah, that's how Triple H found out he was a wrestler. Vince McMahon <laughs> broke into his house while he was in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and he hit him over the head with a folding chair. And a transformation took place. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Can we just talk about the WWE yeah, more? Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to Potscast to listen to WWE stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. great. He has a great new episode out about turning heel. It's okay. super cool. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Go, go check that out. Anyway, back to Mother Teresa. <laughs> when he died, though, Nikolai's business partners uh, basically retained all of the money he had invested in, in the businesses. So they reinvested it and just used it for the business. None of it went to his family. Mm-hmm. So they became more modest and maybe even poor after her father's death. Yeah. She so, was eight so years his, old when, when he died. So just to clarify, then, his, his businessmen literally... Business partners... Stole his his estate. Asset. Yeah, his yeah. his estate. His whole estate. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, and left his family penniless. He was the Dane Cook of Albania. <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't know if that's a good analogy, but... I mean, didn't his brother steal his money? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. That thing? Yeah. Anya's was eight years old when her father died, and very soon after, several other family members died from the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. She got vaccinated. Yeah. That's a myth. Uh, it doesn't so exist. Her, uh, her grandmother died, you know, a lot of people died, in a very close mm-hmm. proximity. And I think, like, just being around death a lot, that does bring you closer to the church. Because where do you have funerals? Mm, yeah. You know, what's all that stuff about? Like, sure. dealing with death at a young age brings you close to, you know, religion, you know? Well, you're, you're, you're trying to find a way to, like, understand what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're trying exactly, to find yeah. some kind of, like, purchase emotionally and mentally. And, uh, and, and I think especially at that point in time, the church is probably the biggest force for providing that that kind mm, of support exactly yeah yeah and and church uh, <clears throat> automatically gives you this built-in community so yeah. uh, whenever you're going through hardships or whatever people tend to go to their church of whatever denomination faith what what have you not just for sympathy or empathy but uh, potentially su- to to get some sort of support yeah, support yeah. yeah. It's a support yeah. system, absolutely. And it's a community, and uh, also uh, balls, uh, dick and balls. Sorry, yeah. I didn't want people to think I'm losing my edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just gonna throw the, that yeah. in, you know, like dicks, balls. It's uh, you know, it's a low effort lift, but. So, considering the Boyajus were devoted Catholics, the family really leaned on their religious beliefs to get through these extremely difficult times, and she became fascinated with the stories that she heard in church of missionaries working in far-off places and doing the Lord's work in in these, you know, crazy far-off places. And she really gravitated towards that. She would visit the Black Madonna in southern Kosovo frequently. There was even some sources saying that maybe Christ's mother spoke through the statue to her Mm -hmm. during this time, because, I don't know, maybe, maybe it had something to do with her... "Quote unquote divinity," I don't, or I don't, you know, saintliness. Yeah. You know, maybe auditory anyway. hallucinations from starving for being poor. How do you? Uh, how do you get? Like, or she's I, making it up. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like the Catholic version of being like a model that gets discovered at the Mall of America. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a statue talks to you. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, sure. It's like, hey, That's kid, you got a good look. Here's my card. You know, like, like yeah. it, it just seems. Here's my card. Yeah. I'll yeah. make you a star. Yeah. That's what the, the Black Madonna said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, make you a star, kid. <laughs> no, no, the Black Madonna's <laughs> chomping on a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the Black Madonna's a guy from, like, I don't know, the Bronx who's, like, 50 years old and he's down on his luck. Like, yeah, I'm the Black Madonna. You want to you yeah. you yeah. be yeah. something in this business yeah. or what? Yeah. I owe a lot of money on the ponies. Stick with me. I need a hit. Yeah. My impression of this character is pretty much my Carl from Octinator Force. Yeah, 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 Carl. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I just gotta change my shower shoes. talking to Mother Teresa is just fucking fantastic. Now, although Agnes's, Agnes's uh, mother didn't want her to go, in 1928, the five-foot-tall Agnes left home at the age of 18 to become a Catholic missionary with the Irish sisters... Of Loreto. So it's really weird that she ended up growing up to be like six foot two after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she played for the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> <laughs> Never 
never lost a game. <laughs> yeah. Why don't? Why, why aren't they just our Olympic team? Yeah. I like the ones from Chicharama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'd have to change her name to like Slippy Dip Dobson and fucking have like a <laughs> bucket full of confetti or whatever. <laughs> She's not nearly tall enough. Yeah. And the reason why she chose the Sisters of Loreto is because they are a missionary order, and mm-hmm. they go to places like India, mm-hmm. which was a place that they, you know, were harping on back in the day. Very yeah. um, many Catholics there. <laughs> and once she left, at the age of 18, she never saw her family again. Mm. That's insane. Dope. Yeah, never it, once. That's... Never saw her again. Like, I feel bad saying dope, because my mom listens to this sometimes. <laughs> Love your mom. <laughs> yeah. I meant their par- her parents sucked. I think I that's know, a lot to contend with, though. Going going to India to be like, not that god. No, not that god either. Not that god. Not that god. Not that god. Yeah, this you're... god. No, not that god. Like you're doing it, that all day. They got to like, gotta make him sound we'll, we'll really get scary. There. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of get there. We'll kind of get uh, as to Sca- why you know why it works there. I guess scarier than Shiva. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kalima. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like, what I find kind of fascinating, just like hearing how she was fascinated by the the whole missionary order and, and stuff, like somebody who was raised Catholic and who went to a Catholic school in, like, my elementary years and everything, I, too, was fascinated with missionaries and being yeah. like, oh, fuck. I just I can become a missionary and I get to travel the world without paying a goddamn thing. And you're going on adventures. You're going you on, know what I mean? yeah, no, exactly. You're and, going on adventures. It, it, you it, know, as like, a young man, I did a lot of reading, a lot of literature that I looked at uh, on the missionary position. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but over you time, go. you kind of like you know Non-fiction. you yeah you you mature <laughs> to other you know other things like doggy or regular. <laughs> yeah, regular on top, doggy, <laughs> and the rest. And the rest. <laughs> Añez learned English and prepared to go where she had always wanted to go, and that was India. In 1929, she was a novice still. They go through several orders, you know, several different, you know, stages. Gotta level up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in 1929, she was still a novice, and you go through several levels to become a full-fledged nun, you know. Take a lot of, you know, a lot of vows and things like this, you know. But she taught at a school in Darjeeling. Uh, limited. Yeah. yeah, right? Called St. Teresa's School. So basically that, that convent that Angelica Houston is at yeah. in Darjeeling Limited is where she taught for a long time. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I bet you they were just wrapping them on the knuckles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you might be saying, Jerry, St. Teresa's School? What? Aren't we talking about Mother Teresa? Well, the school is named after Therese de Lisio. Okay. Mm, of course. Also called... Little flower, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Ah. Uh, the patron saint of missionaries. Okay, mm. hmm. and it was here that she took her first vows. And actually, it was on May twenty fourth, twenty fourth, nineteen thirty one. And since someone was already named Therese after they took their vows, she opted for the Spanish spelling Teresa mm. instead of just Therese. To, they can't well, have the same name. It's like the screen actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like picking the same yeah screen name or username or something like that. Yeah, she had to add like a four twenty. <laughs> yeah, Smoke weed every day, mm-hmm. something like that. No, uh, she said later, "quote I chose Therese as my namesake because she did ordinary things with extraordinary love." 
and they did have a lot in common. Now, at the age of 27, on May 14th, 1937, she took her solemn vows and became Mother Teresa, professing to be the spouse of Jesus. Mm, okay. Is this where... Is that the, normal? Was it a happy Is that a normal marriage? thing to say? Uh, that's the way she really thought of it, mm-hmm. was that she was Jesus' spouse. Okay. I, and I, I know uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get deeper into that aspect about it. Yeah, I was raised secular, so none mm. of this makes any fucking sense. To me. So yeah, so it was a bit of a ghost situation. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and there's uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. I like we'll get into house. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she be she then began teaching at a high school in Calcutta, and she would teach there for twenty years. Mm. What did she teach? Just general, you know, school ciphering is probably what they called it back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's just reading and basic arithmetic. ABC, and one, two, of course, three. of course, church doctrine. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's like Catholic school. Only you know you're being taught by a missionary in Calcutta. In Calcutta, yeah. So there wasn't any sex ed or anything like that. Yeah. Oh God, no. Except uh, don't use contraceptives. Don't, yeah. don't use contraceptives. Uh, that's and, a big thing. Uh, What's let, this let me, dinosaur let skull? It's a prop from Steven Spielberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the devil testing you. <laughs> Becoming, uh, she actually became the headmistress of the school in 1944. So she was a dominatrix. <laughs> in yes. your mind, okay. watching your documentaries, maybe. Mm. Uh, no, <laughs> the ones uh, he made. <laughs> now, a, a little bit of background here. Calcutta, which is now Kolkata, spelled differently, is pronounced slightly differently. It was a hotbed. This is a, a long story that's very complicated, and I'm going to cut it short, but I'm going to tell you what she was dealing with during these times. Like, mm-hmm. again, I breezed through 1937 to 1944, which was some of the most significant years in world history in the 20th century. But not right? for her. <laughs> Anyway. That was montage time for her. Calcutta was a hotbed of Indian independence movement and getting away from, you know, the British and whatnot, the colonial British government. And some chose actually to fight with the Japanese instead of the British in World War II because they wanted to fight their colonial oppressor. Not everybody, but there were certain groups, especially in this area of Bengal. Mm -hmm. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And the city and port, because it is a port city, uh... It was bombed relentlessly by the Japanese, and the income distribution between classes were growing further apart. Uh, so you never hear Japanese bomb so many people. You never hear about America doing that. I know, right? Yeah, Kurt Lemay's, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. he had a thing or two to learn from them. Yeah. So the income distribution between the classes were growing further apart, and of course, India has its unforgiving caste system mm-hmm. between classes, which is it is even a it, it exacerbates the situation. Mm-hmm. The currency became devalued and debt skyrocketed, uh, coupled with rapid a rapid population boom, growing religious and ethnic tension, and a historically agrarian economy of this region. You know, they grew all sorts of wheats and cereals and things like this that was barely keeping up with population. There's barely enough Lucky Charms for all these people. <laughs> <laughs> that with... Religious, ethnic tension, and all... Basically, it all combined to create an economic infrastructure collapse. A complete and utter collapse. 
But at the very least, they had those really sweet dance moves that they would incorporate in their Bollywood films. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least we have this. I just really wish we had some food. Yeah, yeah. Now, in an area that was already just struggling to feed people in this region, with land being gobbled up by a small wealthy class, land became exhausted, crops failed, there was skyrocketing inflation and debt, because, you know, like what happened in Mexico, where, like, you would you would be forced to sell your land to somebody, and then you'd work it for nothing, and then get none of the proceeds. You know what I mean? This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And you're in debt, so you can't. There's no way of you to get out of there. You know what I mean? That's why you sold your land. You yeah. know. So it with a crop that's already struggling, and then the Japanese come in, and they start taking precious food pr- provisions by force, and then the British used a scorch-earth campaign during World War II in this area, an import denial, meaning they wouldn't give them food, even though it's one of their colonies, all to keep any of this stuff from getting into Japanese hands. Jesus so, fucking So, uh, Winston Churchill, uh, they, would, they would say, we gotta give them something. And he was like, no, no, it's, it's gonna go into the Japanese hands. We're just gonna be handing food to the Japanese. Yeah. Huh. And it decimated this area a complete economic depression it created it was man-made economic depression and then what follows on the heels of that when you have no food to eat is a man-made famine that fucking sucks man-made famine it sure looks like churchill ate well though yeah 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 <laughs> well and uh you know when things are that bad there's like nowhere to go but up so like it's gonna get better so you know uh well it's called the Great Bengali Famine of 1943 mm-hmm. because of the war. It's estimated that an appalling two to three million people died in the famine. Wow. Although the real numbers are almost certainly higher. They always are. Well, because, I mean, you don't report it, you know, and think of how decentralized this area of the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost certainly higher than that. Also, like twins. Also, like like <laughs> twins. Yeah, like if like a twin, like <gasps> if twins die, they can't they, expect. They're like, was it the same guy they're or like, was it his brother? Oh, oh my god! That one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? It's lost Jesus the shuffle. Right. What? I feel like I was the only one who was so like. We already oh. counted that guy, so move on. Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, you're counting them all day, and you're like, I, I swear I counted this guy. The already. point is, is you you. You can't count them all day. Looks <laughs> like twins. I swear Jesus. to God. Yeah, and that happens so often that it skewed the number, Tyler. Well, yeah. I mean, all the twins. There's, you know, there's the twins that are like, you know, doublemen. They're not all Arnold and fucking Danny DeVito style twins. Yeah, but it's easy to count them because they look different. You wouldn't even know they're twins. Oh my God. Now, Winston Churchill probably, uh, possibly. Uh, motivated by racist beliefs, mm-hmm. would blame this famine on the Indians themselves. They weren't working hard enough. Well, yeah. in his words, he said they were, quote, breeding like rabbits, mm-hmm. end quote. And he asked that if the famine was so bad, why was Mahatma Gandhi still alive? <laughs> Jesus Real thorn in my fucking ass. Christ. Yeah. And the thing is, is he India's was like a- the one guy not eating anything. <laughs> India is a big country, okay, full of a lot of different religions and ethnic groups. There was a historian, uh, Serena Parapesa, she pointed out to me that not all of India could have possibly agreed with Mahatma Gandhi. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Punjab region, 
And, like, the Sikhs up there would just as soon kick your ass than turn the other cheek. So they yeah. certainly didn't agree with all of what Gandhi said. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so, like, it, it, come on now. You know, it's a big place full of a lot of different types of people, okay? Sikhs are cool. <laughs> well, well, and Winston Churchill's like, if it's so bad, how come Gandhi's still alive? Yeah. It's like, well, pretend it's it's a giant fucking country. Yeah. yeah. It's like being like, if... America's so bad, like, how come Tyler's still alive? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like you're picking out one guy yeah. out of, like, a huge chunk. Millions, yeah. Yeah. Now, some believe, uh, and I don't know how they defend this, but the without Churchill, the famine could have been worse. But I, I don't see how... The other the guy would have taken food from them. Right. <laughs> well, they probably wouldn't were doing that, but more. Well, the Japanese. The Japanese yeah. were actively taking food. Yeah, I'm just but, saying but that if... You Winston had, wasn't making it any better. I'm just saying that if it was somebody, like, other than Churchill, he would have been like, you know what, instead of giving them food, take their food. I'm gonna yeah. eat it. Yeah. That guy could have done that. I'm gonna eat all of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I could have done that. I guess that's and what they're... And in those circumstances, yeah. somebody was, who was way, way, way worse than Churchill, yeah. then uh, it would have been worse. Yeah. See, Churchill just needed to uh, throw a couple paper towels at them. uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Bengal was later split into east and west during partition, and the east was Bangladesh. That's what it is today. And then, you know, of course, Pakistan. It used to be called East Pakistan, and then Mm. it turned into Bangladesh. Anyway. That's so hard to put on a clothing label, though. Like, Bangladesh is just easier. You can fit it right on there. You pick it up at Walmart or Target or whatever, and... (laughs) Got a shirt with, like, Tweety dressed as a rapper on it. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Bangladesh. Now, during this time, Mother Teresa, understandably so, became appalled by the poverty, the disease, and the rampant death in the streets, especially in the worst parts of Calcutta. And there are... It, it is nasty. Mm-hmm. There are people literally starving to death on the streets. Like, she's like, ew, these people are dying. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, she's not causing any of this, right? She's no, not... no. Okay. She's witnessing this happening. Okay. Now... And she doesn't like it? No! How no, could you like it? loved it. <laughs> no, I don't, I, how could I, you I, like it? I don't it? know what's going on in her head at the time. She might be like... She was appalled. Appalled by it. How could you not be? Yeah. I mean, you know those, like, firefighters that, like, light houses on fire then put them out? Those people are crazy. Yeah, they're mm. like, I'm a hero and I'm rock hard right now. And <laughs> start that fire. That beautiful, beautiful fire that burns so bright. And just... See, from four, Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> yeah. or something? <laughs> I start fires. Anyway, so on a trip... By train to Darjeeling, she told another nun, she said that God spoke to her on that train and told her that she needed to serve the poor by being among them. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. No, so the reason why I do a big sigh for reasons we're going to get into later? Man, yeah, sure. Let's fucking go, let's keep rolling. Like, how's God talking on a train if he's not in a room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to say question. that it's like audi- auditorial hallucinations. Like, it's this. She's tripping balls. This sense of, well, of fucking self importance. Well, what I think. No, I don't even think it's that. I, I think that. I mean, people have an inner voice, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and when you're really figuring out what you need to do with your life, uh, that inner voice becomes strong. And especially when it tells you sort of what to do with your life, right? Mm-hmm. And it is an inner voice. I mean, you can call it God. Sure. And you would be totally fair in that assessment. 
she considered that inner voice to be God, and then God never spoke to her again. Mm-hmm. Because once she sort of did that, she didn't know what else to do. So God never spoke to her again. Her inner voice was like, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, she's on a train. She should have became a train engineer. <laughs> yeah. Like, Maybe I, I should be running the train. Yeah. <laughs> Get this sucker moving toot, toot. on time. Yeah. But yeah, it was the first and last time that God spoke in her mind directly to her. Quote, I was to leave the convent and help the poor while living among them. It was an order. To fail would have been to break the faith, end quote. That was her feeling. So she, she, she believed in this so wholeheartedly that, that to, to not do this would have been, may as well not be Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, God was May as well not be a well, nun. Didn't, didn't God talk to her through the statue, or is that the Virgin Mary? I, yeah, I, you know, again, one source said that. I don't have a direct quote from Mother Teresa saying that the statue told me to do something. So just, I don't know. I still imagine that, they, that he sounded like Carl. He's like, you, know, you gotta live with the poor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the know. Virgin Mary sounded like the <laughs> sound like hey. Carl. You get in there with those low lives and you give them some porridge and, uh, you know, a lot of people get in here for less, but uh, you gotta work a little bit harder, lady. Yeah. You gotta work. Well, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Yeah. In 1948. God. Yeah. Yeah. God is Carl. <laughs> Uh, in 1948, Mother Teresa left the uh, Sisters of Laredo convent and went to Calcutta. And she traded in her traditional habit for a white cotton sari. I'm with, sorry. <laughs> she was with breaking blue the stripes. Habit. Uh, that's, that's what you see her dressed in, yeah. that white cotton sari. No other nuns dress like that because it, it, it's... It's her in thing. Her t- it's her thing. Well, in Get her time, it. It, it is a... Uh, it was traditional garb mm-hmm. amongst the poorer people in India. Mm. So she she adopted took that. on that. Yeah, she adopted she, that. Uh, culturally appropriate. <laughs> in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, and now that's her brand. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, real quick, I just want to say, for a really long time, I thought that Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, was like she's like back in the habit... Well, it's a play on words, Tyler. ...of getting into trouble. Thank and God. it took... I was... A shockingly old age where I realized a that a habit is something that a nun wears and it's a play on words. Yeah, and I was like, I'm never going to tell anyone that I didn't know. <laughs> now you're telling the whole world this. Yeah. How well, old were you? Obama told? could listen to this. How old is were that you? What you want? No, He's... no, the president's going to think I'm an idiot. Were you, were you today Former years president. old? No, not today. President. No, not today years old. It, it was probably like in my 20s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Honestly, that's a solid pun. Back in the habit. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a solid pun. Absolutely. If anything, it elevates all of the material. I don't yeah. even. I don't even think I've seen the sequel, but I feel like they were like, "We got to do a sequel because I got the best." Title. It's the best yeah. one. They're like, "Back in the habit." They're like, "You're gonna get us four million dollars just for that." Yeah. And there's one guy in the room like, "In the habit of what?" And yeah. That guy was was you was me. Yeah. That was your ancestor. Yeah. Because yeah. that movie came out. A hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just start calling well. people ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> Came uh, out in 1732. Uh, but no, uh, she, uh, it, the, the sari had uh, the blue stripes on it, and those stripes represent the, the vows, mm-hmm. all the different vows. 
the vows, the oaths, are the vows of poverty, mm-hmm. chastity, and obedience to God. Now, every every nun, every you know priest takes those those vows, yeah. right? What if like God tells you to break the other vows, or is it like I Robot, where it's like uh, yeah, can't conflict with you're not previous. supposed to because that's the devil. It's actually the devil. Oh, so if if God speaks to me and he says, uh, I don't it's know. It's the devil. Uh, jerk off. It's the devil. So it's been the devil this whole time. It's not the real, no, well that's, it's he's telling you to do something against the church, so that's the devil, not God. It's but, what like, if, but what if God is doing that? No, it's the lamest lethal weapon villain <laughs> of all time. I'm just telling you what. <laughs> they're, they're like, you can't stop me, I can't take your money, because I took a vow. You I know, thought you were going to say diplomatic immunity. No, it's like that, but it's, it's just been yeah. revoked. Diplomatic <laughs> chastity. And then Mel Gibson's like, boom, boom, boom. It's just been revoked, Mother yeah. Teresa. Well, didn't Danny Glover shot. say that? It's just oh. been revoked? I thought, it was, I thought it was Mel Gibson. I thought it no. was Do you Danny Glover God? shoots him and he goes, it's just been revoked. Remember in Death Wish when he's like, Do you believe in God? Yeah. We're going to meet him. You believe in Jesus? Yeah. Does he say Jesus? He says Jesus. Uh, I believe. I haven't seen the movie. I've only no, he goes, seen you death. believe in God and Jesus and all that? And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, you're going to meet him. You're going to meet him. And then there's <laughs> that thing where he like shoots from the from hip. From the hip. With like a, re- a really unimpressive gun. Yeah. It's just like, dig, It's dig, like a 38. <laughs> yeah, and then, it, and then it holds on Charles Bronson's face, expressionless, for like 30 seconds. And that's... <laughs> Could that be the kill count that yeah. they did that in? No. <laughs> No, that that's, that's, that's in seen the, movie. the movie. That's in the movie. I feel like they leave the longest cut in there, so you can see how weirdly long they hang on his face for yeah. while he's emotionless watching people die. Yeah, he uh, loves it. But the stripes have come to represent a fourth vow, which I'll get to later. That only the missionaries of charity take. This is her early days. Just just getting into Calcutta and being like, "Here's what I'm gonna do," and honestly. If I'm going to admire Mother Teresa at any point in this story, it's the fact that she went to Calcutta by herself with nothing and was like, I'm going to do something. It's fucked. That's an insane thought. That is bonkers. Okay. So that's, she's, she's got balls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's totally. Props. She's got balls. Props she didn't want to. God told her to. God, had, God told like her to. You got to go down there. <laughs> you gotta live in the dark. So, with nothing else, she entered the slums of Calcutta. Now, now keep in mind, the way, when we talk about Mother Teresa, and what a lot of people have problems with, is that we talk about Calcutta as, the whole city's a slum. Mm-hmm. This is not true. Calcutta is a metropolis. It is giant. And it has slums. Just like New York, mm-hmm. or LA, or Seattle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't refer to Calcutta as a gi- don't think of Calcutta as a giant slum. Yeah. But most people when they think of Mother Teresa, they think, "Oh, she lorded over this slum of a city." Mm-hmm. It's not true. Keep that in mind. She was but only lording easier. over it's like easier. a very small chunk of a city that happened to be the slummiest portion. And it was a big chunk, don't get me wrong. Sure. It, had but, a, but, it had a lot of like really cool bars that you go in and you're like I normally wouldn't come in here, but this is actually pretty yeah. cool. This could actually use gentrification. Yeah. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> There's like I'm pool kidding. tabs and pool and it like smells <laughs> like cigarettes, but like all the hipsters want to hang out there because it's like, you know, it's like diving off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I'm into that. Yeah. So she, she went to the slums and she herself begged for alms, which is just money and food. Yeah. 
and she would take those and anything extra she would get she would get she would just give to the poor and that's what she would do and honestly i i do like that idea of mm-hmm. somebody begging on the streets and sharing it with everybody else mm-hmm. that itself if that's what you do if that's all you do i uh, you you deserve uh, an insane amount of respect mm-hmm. it's like hey y'all want some alms but let's not conflate it almonds <laughs> anyway <laughs> to be fair i i didn't just read Christopher Hitchens for this episode, uh, his book Mich- Missionary Position. Uh, <laughs> Is that really what it's called? That's what it's called. Nah, yeah, nice. about Mother Teresa. Uh, I I also read every book available on Audible or listened to it on Audible that was written by Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. And in one of them, she says, "quote uh, about her first days in Calcutta." Quote: "Today I wandered the streets the whole day." My feet are aching, and I have not been able to find a home. And I also get the temptation of the tempter tempting me. And then she puts it in, you know, in quotes. Leave all this. Go back to the convent in which you came. Mm-hmm. So, like, she considers that, like, the, you know, the devil's voice saying, like, go back to comfort. Yeah. Go back to, to how easy it was to just be a normal nun. And she was like, I know I have to get through that, you know. And again, I, I find a certain amount of that admirable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm going to do this. And there's, there's you know, whenever you start a project or anything, yeah. there's always something. Or, or running a race. I used to be in yeah. cross country. Running a race. The second the gun goes off, there's a voice in the back of your head saying, stop. Yeah. Oh, you know man. what I mean? Anything that's hard, there's always going to be a voice saying, stop. I get that Don't do this. all the time, no, and uh, totally. I listen to it every single time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I push it out of my head. It, you know, it'll be like, hey, that's way too much pizza for one guy to eat. And yeah. I, I usually push that out of my head, and I say, you shut up. Don't tell me what to do, Satan. Yeah. yeah not Work on a personal best. I'm going to eat yeah. all this pizza. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to fire a gun in the air. That's what God would have wanted. Satan's like, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so with a... a Basic medical training. She founded her first mission, and I'm going to butcher this name, but in Motijil. And what it was is it was just a, uh, it was just under a guava tree. She sat and she drew in the dirt with a stick and taught children that were on the street. Yeah, that was her first, her her first like mission that she set up. Getting all those free guavas. <laughs> <laughs> She experienced doubt in these early days, resisting the temptation to go back and, you know, be more comfortable with the Sisters of Laredo. But slowly but surely, other women joined her in this pursuit to help the poorest of the poor while living among them. They would go where they were needed, to bedridden people, like they would go cook for bedridden people, stuff like that, with food that was donated to them. Mm-hmm. And they were taking people off the street and giving them food that was, again, still donated. They would always try to give away everything. They don't store anything. They don't keep anything. They try to give all of it away. Crazy Teresa's food restaurant. Everything must go. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm passing the savings on to you. you. <laughs> She's selling mattresses, So after an extensive letter-writing campaign uh, by her, and being rejected over and over and over again. Santa Claus is a tough customer. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, uh, Pope Pius Twelfth gave her the rare permission to found her own holy order, the Missionaries of Charity. Now, their mission, in her words, would be to care for the, quote, hungry, the naked, the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the lepers, all those people who feel unwanted, unloved, uncared for throughout society, people that have become a burden to society and are shunned by everyone, end mm-hmm. quote. I know how it feels. I'm a white man in America. <laughs> you forgot to mention and fight the criminal organization known as COBRA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In 1952, the mission uh, Missionaries of Charity converted an abandoned Hindu temple into their first hospice, the Kaligat Home for the Dying. Aww. It would be free to the poor, uh, whoever needed it. But if you're rich, you had to pay? That's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you're dying either way. He's like, man, I'm dying. And, I'm dying uh, away. It was... Uh, God, they'd say. Yeah. It was actually renamed uh, the Home for the Pure of Heart. Oh. What if you're not, though? Well, they're going to they're gonna make you. Anyway. Uh, they'd we'll, probably we'll, we'll make you do that. some kind of trial where you have to pull, like, a sword out of a stone and, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. do some yeah. magic or something. <laughs> Officially, people of all religious persuasions would be respectfully cared for. With the Quran read to Muslims, Hindi people receiving water from the Ganges, and being buried according to their beliefs. You know, they're giving a, you know, a Muslim burial, a Hindi burial. Officially, this is what it was supposed to be. And they occasion- would throw me in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, occasionally miscellaneous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this year this is our mass grave. Well, if they didn't know, they would assume they were Hindi. Because most people were Hindi, so mm-hmm. they would just bury them with uh, Hindi honors, is mm-hmm. what they say. Now, there was a story she liked to tell about an emaciated man that she took off the street that was covered in maggots. And she brought him into, into her home for the dying. She cleaned him and fed him, and he was dying. And supposedly, he told Mother Teresa that he had lived like an animal, but now he was going to die like an angel. Badass. After being converted to Catholicism, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, this was part of her PR How campaign to make sure die. that everyone was cool with her home for the dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is we'll get into more of this later, really. We'll get into more of this later. Now, her beliefs. Let's, let's just kind of go through this real quick. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was the vow of chastity, poverty, servitude, to God, and then the missionaries of charity had a fourth vow, which was wholehearted free service to the poorest of the poor. Just like American Christians. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't that what Uh, the mega churches do? Yeah. He's Joel Olstein. Joel Olstein is like, I need my Ferrari for the poorest of the poor. Yeah. But give me money. Can they drive? How am I going to get to the church to like give my sermon if I can't go there in a Bugatti? That's pretty much his. Defense. He's like, He's like, this is why I have a private jet because I can't fly. I can't fly on an airline, being Joel Olstein. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to do God's work on a private jet. Yeah, I gotta get from place to place. It's without post-haste. being bothered by the common rabble. It mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense, but what you gotta do is you gotta do an eight ball of cocaine and bust open the Bible, and it'll all yeah. become. Super Mother Teresa would have hated Joel Olstein. Oh, guaranteed. She yeah, I hate him. 
Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, without question. Fuck you, Joel Steen. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're, he's li- definitely listening. Well, where the fuck Joel He's Steen like, Steen oh, cast. man. <laughs> oh, the history boys don't like me? Yeah. It's like, watch, I guess I better fucking get shut, close up shop. Yeah. <laughs> I made it through 60 episodes, never had an issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, th- again, thinking of themselves as the spouses of Jesus, they wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, for prayer and meditation. Like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it lasts four hours. Four hours a day they do prayer and meditation. This is silent, and they must be present for it, and it's four hours a day. And they do work long hours, like into the night. Like Mark Wahlberg. He's a hardworking man. <laughs> Have you not seen his, <laughs> his, his day-to-day his day yeah, day routine? His 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 day plan is ridiculous. He gets up at like 2.30 in the morning and then like prays for like an hour and then he like does workout number one. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well the man's let me, dedicated. Let, uh, th- yeah. This definitely fits with this whole episode and fits with what you just said. But it's a Mark Twain quote. Yeah. And he says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, uh, if you give a man a reputation as an early riser, he can wake up by noon. And I think that applies definitely to Mother Teresa. And, and probably to Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's got a physique. They they would only own, like if you're a missionary of, of charity, they would only own a few possessions. They would have three saris, one to wear, one to wash, and one to mend. Okay? Okay. Hope so you can cycle kind of through that. Cause that's how you cycle. One's going to be very clean, but probably need to be mend if you're cleaning it over over. Yeah, exactly. But he's exactly. like, no, this one I have to mend. It's this a constant one I clean. struggle. Yeah. They would also refrain from showers and things like this because uh, it helps with your vow of chastity. Yeah, I do not, that too. To not, Fucking yep. hippies. Yeah. Depending on who you talk to, some people <laughs> like that sink. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are all married to Jesus, and Jesus has a particular... Uh, he's a stanky boy. Yeah. I bet he didn't shower that much. Yeah. He was wandering out there in the desert. Motherfucker smelled like patchouli and fucking listened to the Dave Matthews band. Yeah, he, he did. was covered in frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. Jesus loved the Dave Matthews band back then. <laughs> uh, he was like, and I said unto them, he he ha 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 ha. <laughs> no, they were also they're uh, they're more they have more possessions. They had a girdle, of course. Yeah. Sometimes they were giving a card cardigan if they were in colder. Climates. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were given a pair of sandals, or again shoes in colder climates. But Boots. again, this is this is founded in Calcutta, so they don't necessarily need anything mm-hmm. warmer than sandals. They were given a metal crucifix and For vampires a, mm-hmm. and a rosary, mm. and that's it. That's all they're supposed to own, and a bag to carry stuff in. That stuff. That's it, and I think they had a bucket too. They had a bucket as well. Oh, like a shit bucket. Well, and to get the water, the water to clean your clothes with, right. your saris with. Or to put holy water in to fight yeah. vampires. <laughs> okay. You can stuff your saris in this sack, and I'll go down and wash them. <laughs> nice. George Costanza. That's good. Mm. Servant of the poor. Yeah. Now, missionaries care for those who include, but are not limited to, refugees, mm-hmm. former prostitutes. Cool. The mentally ill, yeah, sick children, abandoned children, badass children, uh, <laughs> lepers, then later people with AIDS, mm. the aged, and the convalescent. Mm. All right, okay. They have schools 
that are run by volunteers and nuns to teach abandoned street children. They ran soup kitchens as well as other services according to the community's needs. This is all official stuff here. Now these services are provided without charge to people regardless of their religion or social status. Because of course, God provides. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, when she first started, she got a pair of shoes. Her feet, she wore them for a long time and her feet became really disfigured because she wore these shoes that did not fit her. They were too small. They were like, hey, couldn't you get like better shoes? And she said, no, God gave me these. God provided these to me. I feel like I'm throwing away something God gave me and get something better. She's like, no, God wanted me to have these. My feet being all grossly deformed and whatnot as a result is what God wanted of me. What a and prick. sort of a test, right? Well, God also wanted Abraham to kill his son, too. So I mean, so it, it's 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 kind of the, the lesser things of what God... He was like, he ain't gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. She's tried. like, God likes things gnarly. Near, near, near. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah, at my I was, feet. I was yeah, like, I'm gonna look at my these. crazy looking feet. I'm gonna create these people and then tell them to fuck their feet up. It's gonna be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Seems like I don't know about that. He really likes to to you know. He God is like a kid on an ant hill with yeah. a magnifying glass. Oh yeah, right. You know. <laughs> don't you know there ain't no devil that's just God when he's drunk. Right. Exactly. Tom waits. Tom waits. So does that mean that uh, God canonically has a foot fetish or doesn't have a foot? Oh, fetish? Oh, he's an everything fetish. He has, a, he has a suffering fetish, according to Mother Teresa. Mm. He he's a sadistic, sadomasochistic. He gets him super hard and, and yeah. He's a centibite. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have such sights to, to show, show you. you. Yeah. Jesus wept. Anyway, Pinhead uh, is based off of uh, uh, our Lord and Savior. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Now, she believed that suffering, the act, physical act of suffering, mirrors Christ's passion, Christ being crucified on the cross. Mm -hmm. And she, what, the way she sort of thought of it is that she wanted to make the unwanted and the poorest of the poor feel God's love by being there for them and being there for the downcast, almost like... Mary Magdalene witnessing, or, or you know, uh, uh, Christ's mother witnessing uh, Jesus' suffering. Mm -hmm. So basically, when somebody who is suffering comes in to, to her home of the dying, she is playing her role in a way. She, is, she sees Christ's suffering in their suffering, and she must be there to witness it and provide them with God's love in their most crucial moment. Okay. By which you mean stop them from suffering. Well, <laughs> absolutely. The not. suffering <laughs> is the passion. Yes, I right? get that. It is the passion. The passing so, on. <laughs> so she must be there for the people that are suffering, right? Because she sees herself in this role. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. She's got yeah. a god complex like, and likes watching people suffer because it gets gives gives her jollies. Uh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. She, she totally gets wet watching this. So, exactly. No. I, I, do you have any questions about this? Uh, because I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna roast her on this until we actually get to the criticisms of Mother Teresa. Now she there. There's a story she liked to tell that perfectly displays this thing. There, there was a woman dying of cancer in immense pain. What, what she told the woman who was dying of cancer was, "This is 
you, you are experiencing Jesus' suffering. This is what you're feeling is Jesus kissing you. And this woman who was dying of cancer and an immense amount of pain said, Mother, please tell Jesus to stop kissing me. Yeah, cut that shit out. And she yeah, said it and she said it and smiled and laughed. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that, that she's like, this is a funny story. Someone dying of cancer and excruciating amount of what, pain. Mother, said, Teresa said, told the story and smiled and laughed. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is one of her favorite stories to tell. And and the audience, it was on William F. Buckley's show. He was a conservative back in the day. The whole audience laughs too. Mm-hmm. And it's like do you guys really understand what the fuck she just said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this person wanted Jesus to stop kissing her, wanted the pain to go away. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, you know, you know it's better than, uh, you know, uh, getting Mother Teresa to put, like, a wet wash washcloth on your head when you're dying of cancer. Fentanyl. Right? Give yeah. me all of the fentanyl. Yeah, Give me fucking morphine, something. Yeah. This comes from, you know, Jesus saying, love as I have loved you. Okay. And and so, loving loving some someone no matter what, right? Even if you are a downcast person, and she, and there's heavy caveats to this because she is Catholic, but here's here's what she glommed on to most, Matthew twenty five forty, and this is a from the New Living Testament translation, which is just easier to read and understand, if you're asking me. Anyway, quote, and the King, Jesus, will say. I tell you the truth, even when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Mm. So he's basically saying, you know, when, when you, when you like go past like a homeless guy or something and you like, you know, toss pennies on the ground, say, go fuck yourself or get a job or something like that. You're basically saying that to Jesus because he was the least mm-hmm. of these people. Right. And he anything like that. So you're supposed to show them love, right? Instead of, you know, so keep that in mind. Like, whatever you did to the least of us, you did it to me. You did it to Jesus. But what if they're scary? (laughs) If they're out of their mind? I don't know. (laughs) Or what if they're just really icky? Well, well, she said, the the worse they are, the more you should love them. Uh, Okay. Again, admirable to a certain degree. But let's get into it. Let's. Get I can into love it. them at a distance. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, and the way she thought of it too was in a, both an economic sense, like I don't have any money. That's why I'm pouring on the street and dying of cancer, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot, covered in maggots. But also a spiritual sense, because Jesus said on the cross, "I thirst." What did he thirst for? God's love, right? Because Father, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. All of a sudden, God wasn't there. Right? All mm-hmm. of a sudden, God wasn't talking to him anymore in his most needed moment. So every saint goes through what is called the dark night of the soul. And it's where God doesn't talk to you in your worst moment. Also sounds like the coolest miniseries in Batman history. I was about <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, when does the Joker make his appearance? Yeah. <laughs> but like it wouldn't be a Joker story. More like a, maybe a Scarecrow. Or, or uh, Ra's al Ghul. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can see yeah, that. There you go. You might be asking yourself, can't, can't like, a broken state, can't a state say, like, hey, we got to do something about these poor people and house them and feed them? Mm-hmm. Can a state do that? Absolutely they can. You know the one thing that they can't do? Give them God's love. Give them love. 
They can't give them love at all. They can give them food and what they need to survive, but they can't give them love. And that's the way she thought of it. I mean, Bummer, bro. food food sounds a lot like love yeah. to me if I'm starving <laughs> on the fucking street. Yeah. So does medicine yeah. and painkillers if I'm dying of fucking cancer. A, a, yeah, a place to stay. Yeah, a roof. Yeah, a Maslow's roof? Yeah. hierarchy of needs. And she was also very ambivalent when it came to death. She said that we should not fear death because death is way going home. That's going home. That's where we should be, right? And so she would be like, oh, no, no, death is... Like, above, above the home for the dying, there was a sign that said, like, I'm going to see Jesus today or I'm going to God today, mm. you know? like, And it's like, man, that's macabre. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, if you, if you <laughs> believe just, in heaven, I... I get it. So f- as fervently as she does, mm-hmm. sure, sure. But there's some devout Christ- or Christians and, and Catholics. I'm not even sure if they go but that gotta far. you got to pay in blood to get in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if they'll go that far. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's the way it goes, why isn't sending people to heaven a fucking virtuous yeah. task? I know, I'm right? i send everybody to heaven I don't with know. my knife. My blade. He's been doing stabbing motions this whole time. Yeah, you guys can't see it at home. It's really fun. It's yeah, hilarious. I was doing some stabby stabs. I really hope that the sign uh, was similar to like the old lusty lady sign in Seattle, where everything was a pun <laughs> regarding dying and going home. Yeah. Well, Christopher Hitchens related it to the uh, Soviet workhouse. Oh, shit. Where it's like, it's a joy to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. She she also talked a lot about giving the poor and dying like touch, you know another human being touching another person. Some people they they had not they've never felt another human touching them for a long time. Yeah, and to just simply to simply give them something like that is a gift in of itself. However, not so among the missionaries of charity, because that would be violating the the vows of chastity, to to become too good. Too good of friends with another sister would be a vow uh, breaking the vow of chastity. I it was just what? No. Also, touching touching each other too much, or at all, really, mm. uh-huh. is breaking the vow of chastity. So they couldn't give each other hand jobs. No, no, they couldn't even give That's each other mind list. jobs. They did the a lot of, of they did a lot of things mm-hmm. to stop none on none action. Did oh. they? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, again, there there's. I'm going to get to it, but there is uh, something... I'm not going to give anything away, but I I, I want you... To, after you listen to this, I want you to go and listen to this to this series if you want to know more. Because I don't want you to take my word for it. I, I want you to go and listen to God. real nuns. Got the job to, like, break up the nuns trying to fuck. And you're like, oh, man, this is the hardest job yeah. in the world. <laughs> well, and you know that they're using a crucifix, so there's t- uh, two on either side. Dear Lord. Jesus Dear Christ. Lord. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> yeah. That's what they were saying. Well, that's what the bucket was for. It filled with cold water to splash it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like feral cat. Yeah, you get, you get. Yeah. Prayer was very important to her, you know, uh, the waking up in the morning and prayer and whatnot. But you know what? The way she describes prayer in all of her books and stuff, which, by the way, she writes in third person. So when I first was reading her books, I was like, is this a ghost writer? Come uh-huh. on. She didn't write this. No, I was. I think I'm wrong. I think she did write it because I learned later she spoke in the third person. That's weird. Oh, I hate her Isn't already. That weird? She's like, mother, mother needs to understand something. Or, uh, or mother must visit Jesus first. Uh, or uh, what is this that mother is hearing? It's like that Seinfeld with it's that the one worst. dude, Jimmy. Yeah. You know? 
Jimmy then, can't even jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was down. <laughs> yeah. George likes the spicy chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Spirit of Vengeance wrote uh, her books, like the skeleton on the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, other nuns. Ghost writer. Other people. Go- ghost, ghost writer. writer. Yeah. yeah. Not I ghost writer. Fair enough. I got it. So she also believed that real compassion, like real compassion, is real sacrifice. And it comes from a place of love and concern. And you must love it so much that it hurts and this can mean even sacrifice of small things. Yeah. But basically, like, it goes from, even if you don't like the person, yeah. you still have to love them. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. That's, that's sort of what her thing is. But the missionaries of charity would even say, like, if you wanted salt on your food, you would deliberately not put salt on your food because you wanted it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it would go down to even that smallest detail. If you wanted to do one thing... Yeah. You would you would identify that in your mind, and you would say, I'm not going to do that because I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So you're almost like making yourself more uncomfortable in service of God, right? Mm-hmm. More like a Cenobite. <laughs> yeah. In a way, yeah. In her mind, LBGTQ plus people are, quote, beloved children of God. And okay. Her, Cool. Shocking, um, but oh, that's awesome that she I disagree, had that. Well, because she's, I don't believe in God. She she believes that all human beings are beloved children of God. And basically, they she wanted to invite them in to Catholicism, basically, to fulfill their full potential of God's happiness, which is basically leaving behind your sexual identity, mm-hmm. embrace of what God that's what you want. Wa- well, what God wants for you to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this right now. Anyone that claims to know what God wants, I immediately distrust. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. You you have the ear of God, do you? Yeah. Okay. And, of course, you know, uh, the rule of chastity goes into the LBGTQ realm, where chastity means, like, you, you only have sex if you're married, and even then you only do it for the express purpose of procreation. Mm-hmm. And anyone that is outside of that realm is acting outside of God's will, right? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have made it so much fun. Yeah, yeah right? Well, well, the greatest gift you can give your partner is your virginity, Ugh. right? <laughs> yeah. And to her, that meant, you know, a clean spirit and, and clean yeah. in the eyes of God, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. That, that to, to what she believed. Now, she's all about this cleanliness, and yet she won't take a fucking shower. Well, <laughs> it, it, it gives her more motivation for chastity. She just sounds like a hypocrite. <laughs> Spiritual cleanliness, not material cleanliness. Again, she's an anti-materialist. And she was given the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, and you know, much later in her life. The, her biggest thing that she harped on during it was abortion. She was very much against abortion mm-hmm. and contraceptives and she said this is not a direct quote but she basically said that the greatest destroyer of peace in our world today was abortion mm-hmm. debatable her idea uh, for natural family planning was she would she would give women a string of beads and they could count like their cycle and like the days and whatnot on a string of beads and you would have to, you know, show restraint and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, during these times. 
which is just giving people a lot of credit, especially people that are not as devout of Catholic as you are. Didn't help that the beads were candy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a candy necklace. Yeah, uh, she got that Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. But she, she reiterated this fact by saying, and this is a quote, quote, If a mother can murder her own child in her own house, what is left for you and for me to then kill each other? Mm-hmm. End quote. That reminds me of the whole, like, I was like, well, if there's no God, like, why don't you just rape all you want? Or murder. Yeah, or steal. and it's like... I think it was even, like, Penn Jillette, maybe, who I yeah. disagree with on many things, but... I agree with him on this. Yeah, where yeah. it's like, I do rape as much as I want. Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, know? yeah. It's uh, like, I don't need... Well, hu- humans are a communal species. Zach, uh, can we've you learned... please isolate that clip of Chris saying that he rapes as much as he wants? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're a communal species, and if you do bad things, then the community will cast you out, and no one wants to be cast out of a community. And she's basically just saying that for those who are cast out, I am there for this inevitability, right? Mm-hmm. Again, on the surface, it's very commendable. Now, even if, she, she used to say some stuff like this, even if a mother forgets her unwanted child, God won't. God will not forget about the child, and neither will Mother Teresa. And this is the key to world peace, mm-hmm. is, is to not forget the unborn children. Because people, you know, she's like, in the West, there's so many drug addicts, and I was surprised to see it, because in the West, p- parents just don't care about their kids, and they're, they're running around on the streets and stuff, and this is what causes crime. Not poverty. Yeah. The in the systemic things uh, of poverty is not what causes crime. Yeah. It, it's it all goes back to the family and into the home, which I think is a chicken and the egg argument, and it's just a vicious cycle at that point. The reason why we know who Mother Teresa is is from an Englishman named Malcolm Mugridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was talking about Mugle. Eng- Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like, he's, in it. he's a Harry Potter character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, she's a muggle and a squip. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's. Now, uh, Malcolm <clears throat> Muggeridge, uh, Christopher Hitchens called an old fool. Mm-hmm. But he was an English... Like that Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> he was an English journalist, and in his early life, he was a communist atheist. He actually moved to Soviet Russia... And then moved back and became an anti-communist afterwards. Got <laughs> <laughs> like, a little sucks. taste. Yeah. yeah, that sucked. Never mind. Yeah. He's like, I miss denim. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Levi's and Coca-Cola and Marlboro's? Yeah. Super cool James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also converted to Catholicism through his interactions with Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. And, like, his show was kind of one of those, like... Like Hardball with Chris Matthews. Mm. They're going to investigate, and they're going to get in there, and they're going to show you what's really going on. Yeah, you know? he's going to play Hardball. 7-Eleven hot dog machine. People told Mother Teresa not to go on a show because he would, like, go after you, you know. Mm. He didn't with her. He converted to Catholicism after meeting her because no one can resist this little old Albanian lady. Did he get baptized on the show? No, oh. uh, but that would have been great. Uh, I just want a bunch of hunks to dip him in the in the yeah. soup, you oh, know. Sweet, sweet broth. Broth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went and made a documentary about her. It was called Something Beautiful for God. He basically introduced the world to the quote-unquote what many people thought of her as a living saint, the mm. saint of the gutters. 
Mm. That's what they called her. Badass sounding. It's kind of cool sounding, yeah. Uh, Sounds like a Motley Crue album. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the film, she says that that she shows like the, the home for the dying. And, and these homes for the dying, they're very crowded, and they're on cots. And she goes, you know, this is how we fight abortion. She says that. Uh, before the world even knows who she is. The biggest thing with him is that there was a, a part where they go into the home for the dying, and there is a... The cameraman says, hey, we don't really have enough light in here. I don't know if we're going to get anything. And I got this I got this new film from Kodak that we haven't had the chance Straight to from test. Yeah. <laughs> this is, a, this is in 1969 when this is happening. They're like, well, let's shoot anyway and see what happens. And when they got it back, you could see everything fairly well. And I've seen the footage. It's still a little underexposed. But you can see everything well enough. It's like and, Godfather 2. <laughs> <laughs> but when they got back and they were like looking at dailies and stuff, they're like, oh, here it comes. Here's this, here's the shot, you know. And it was exposed. And before the cameraman could say, oh, three cheers for Kodak, Mugridge was like, it's divine light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's divine light. Jesus. And he claimed that he had captured the first miracle on film mm-hmm. with, uh, with this. Well, we just shot a documentary about Satan down the street with the same film. Came out the same, yeah. actually a little bit better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll get into to the problems of that. It's here dark in there too, but mostly mood lighting. Yeah, yeah. They got candles. Yeah, a lot of neon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Black light. But it, but it really shot her into stardom. The world really knew who she was after this film. She didn't really like the attention. Like even people around her said that she really didn't like the attention. She she didn't like her photograph being taken. And she, she said that she, uh, she made a deal with God, mm-hmm. and that every photograph that's taken of me, one soul must leave purgatory. Now, there's a bajillion photos of Mother Teresa, so purgatory must be fucking empty. <laughs> you know? Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. But she started meeting with world leaders and dignitaries like Hillary Clinton, Princess Diana, Queen Elizabeth II, even though she sits on a throne that is anti-Catholic. Anyway. Uh, and Margaret, all of them are dead now. Think about yeah. that, folks, well, at home. Queen Elizabeth II still still yeah, She's not. Uh, Margaret, so is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Margaret Thatcher. Dead. Pope Paul VI. <laughs> she, Damn. Pope Paul VI, and the, which was a magnanimous point in her life when she finally got to meet the Pope. Because mm-hmm. in her mind, the Pope speaks directly to God. He's right. Dead. And Pope John Paul II. Mm-hmm. Also, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger. Mm. Do you know who that, that was? Uh, I have heard that name, yes, but... Mm-hmm. Did he fuck kids? He was Pope Benedict. Oh, he was the Nazi oh, yes. Nazi Pope. Pope Nazi Palpatine. Pope. So, yes. Yeah. Yep, oh, yep. Do it. Yeah. And he uh, was on um, uh, Cheers. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pope Ratzenberger. Ratzinger. <laughs> Indira Gandhi, who gave her a lot of money, the Dalai Lama, Nancy and Ronnie Reagan, mm-hmm. Barbara and George H.W. Bush, and the Haitian dictator Jean-Claude Baby Doc Duvalier and his wife Michelle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Baby Doc Duvalier, his father was Papa Doc Duvalier. They were brutal dictators of Haiti. Story for a different day. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And was an actual baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big. He was a big boy. He was a baby dictator. Uh, uh, I know. I know a thing or two about baby dictators. 
<laughs> yeah, you're good. They live a life without consequence. Yeah. She accepted over 118 honorary degrees, awards, and honors of all kinds. That's a bit much. Uh, most of them come with very substantial monetary rewards. Oh, yeah. And when people visited uh, Calcutta and her home for the dying, they kind of dressed shit up. Like when Hillary Clinton visited, uh, they swapped out all of the uh, cloth diapers. They were very ragtag and maybe doing more harm for than silk good. Diapers for huggies, Ooh. American huggies. Aww. yeah, even better. Yep. And, and Hillary's like, these are great huggies. Yeah. yeah, they didn't go to the worst parts of Calcutta with Hillary Clinton or with Princess Diana. Hillary Clinton couldn't handle that shit. No. They even uh, poured blue liquid into the Huggies to show their absorbency rather than the <laughs> feces and diarrhea that were so common at the time. Or or, or just... <laughs> <laughs> just a yellow liquid. I was always like, why don't they just do a yellow liquid? Because, That's man, gross. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be clinical. You can't look like pee-pee on the commercial. I feel like yeah. blue is it's undeniably gonna ruin Phil not, Donahue. not uh, <laughs> human li- like Like red? Come on. Yeah. It's gotta be blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, blue, people don't excrete blue. Mm-mm. You know. Unless they go to Sonic. <laughs> Get one of those slushies. Yeah. And she expanded the Missionaries of Charity into 500 countries. She opened up homes for AIDS patients in the United States, although she claimed that no AIDS existed in India. No, that's definitely a fact. And, you know... All types of orphanages and homes for unwed mothers, etc. Things like that. You said you said five hundred countries. Five hundred countries. Wow. Are there five? There were not that many countries. There's more than five hundred countries. Yeah. How do you define country in this sense? A place with a flag. Hmm. I feel like a uh, sovereign less. nation. I feel like there's less than. You're that. getting countries and there's a lot mixed up again, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And considering everyone was thinking of her as as a living saint. She was put on the fast track to sainthood by John Paul II. Every time she met with the Pope, she would always... It was, it was with the most reverence, and she would be like, what, 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 what do I need to do? Because God's not talking to her. Let's, let's keep this in mind. Mm-hmm. It's almost <coughs> like he's not even real. Yeah. The Pope told her, and it sounds really uh, innocuous, but the Pope said, Do what is necessary for your nuns, and what you can, all you can, for the poor. And okay. she's like, okay, so only the bare minimum for my nuns and everything for the poor. Okay. Right? He's like, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Interpret it as you will, whatever. Again, she went None out on matters. her own to do this, so he's sort of amazed this little Albanian nun did decided to do this. Yeah, he's like, I don't I don't care. Yeah. Do, do whatever. None of, none of this matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got Pope shit to do. Get like, on. Go on, get. I talk to God, he says he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I see it floating there, Fry Man. <laughs> Pope, Benedict, whatever. Yeah. But in the 90s, her health started to fail. And she started having heart troubles, for which she was hospitalized for. The Archbishop of Calcutta, this is kind of a funny story, his name is Henry D'Souza. He oh, was like he the was, parade music guy? That's, no, no, that's... Uh, John Phillips, who's yeah, he was hospitalized in the same hospital she was in, mm-hmm. and he had heard that some elderly nun had a hard time sleeping, 
And when he found out it was her... It's probably all the parade music he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they don't turn it off here. Uh, <laughs> he's got his very own sousaphone band. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, <laughs> his most well, band's called the sousaphones. It's a, it's a two thing. It's uh, meaning. He, when he found out it was her, uh, he, he said uh, that she appeared extremely agitated. Uh, so D'Souza said that M- Mother Teresa would start pulling off wires and all sorts of, you know, hospital equipment off of her body, and she was just being really, uh, she wasn't really cooperating, mm-hmm. you know? She, she was uh, rejecting the cybernetic enhancements. They, were to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they tried to put the chip in her brain, and she wasn't having it. Yeah, early form of 5G. Yeah. And he, he said that he believed that Mother Teresa, quote, might be under the attack of the evil one. Oh, end quote. Oh, yeah. you think that could be Satan? Well, Dang. according to Catholic lore, <laughs> belief, whenever somebody is possessed and an exorcism is necessary, it's the devil. It's the great Satan it's himself. It's the one? It's not a demon. Like- it's... Satan. Bullshit. He would definitely. You delegate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just I mean, they're outsourcing that shit now. Yeah. I well, mean, they outsourced it to India. India. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's. Well, there we go, folks. We, we hit maximum. That's the best joke we'll ever have on the show. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Jesus Christ, Jerry. I just oh, picture a guy, like, on a headset. They're like, <laughs> and he's talking to Are you her. actually Satan? Yes, I'm Satan. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm Satan. Let me yeah, talk to your manager. I, I'm Satan. You can't go anywhere. I'm the, only, no I'm the only one here, pal. Yeah. I'm, I'm number one. Yeah. It's like, let me, he's reading off a thing in yeah, a cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your problem? So <laughs> Your Bible. So D'Souza offered to arrange for an exorcism. Mm-hmm. And Mother Teresa agreed. Oh, dude, I got the devil all up in me. So D'Souza exorcised her, and when when the exorcism happened, she wasn't screaming. Like, it wasn't like exorcist. Aw. She, like, smiled at the end of it and actually slept, is what is what he said. But the thing was, is that... These devils keep me up all night. <laughs> the, the, it was rock and roll. The Catholic, <laughs> it was indigestion, actually. Yeah, yeah same thing. The, well, the problem with this story is that the Catholic Church does want to admit that the devil was inside one of their saints. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, it, was a, it was a demon or something. It was, a oh, it was something yeah. else. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, it was just... Uh, I don't know. But, but his own story worked themselves into a corner a little bit, philosophically speaking. Yeah. The uh, the Catholic Church was recently bought by Disney, and in the storyline where Mother Teresa was prese- possessed by Satan, now that's Legends canon. It's actually a minor demon in the mm. new canon that we're writing for it, and <laughs> yeah. you're gonna find a bunch of shows on Disney Plus about her struggles going through that. And, yeah, it's like it's like Dante writes a fucking bestseller, and we're like, that's canon. Yeah, because it's so good, y'all like it so yep. much. It's canon. Lay anyway. it right in. Is that yeah. canon? I think so. Paradise Parts Lost. Of it. I mean, Cannon. I think yeah. like they aren't like Dante went into hell, but they're like. Well, Paradise Lost is not Dante. Uh, Par- Paradise Lost is Milton. That's well, no, yeah. I'm saying I'm just saying other works that have yeah. stuff that they like. They're like that's canon now. Well, Milton is but, technically canon. Don- yeah, Dante didn't Dante. go down there, but they're like, but the stuff he wrote about, fuck it, that's yeah. Yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also not cool. It's like Grand Admiral Thrawn. So on September 5th, 1997, at 9:30 p.m. At the age of 87, Mother Teresa died. Now, Sister Nirmala, 
who seceded Mother Teresa in March earlier that year as head of the Missionaries of Charity, she actually faxed a message to news organizations saying that its founder, quote, had suddenly gone to Jesus, end quote. If she would have lasted just one more day, she could have watched Orgasmo in the theater. (laughs) 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 I'm not a superhero. I'm a Latter-day Saint. (laughs) I could go through the list of movies that she missed that came out September of 1997, and there's some bangers in there. (laughs) Uh, She missed The Game. Oh, She missed The Edge. Um, she missed Cube, the original. Oh, Ooh, I like Cube. If she would have lasted two more days, she could have saw Gattaca on release day. Nice. Oh, would have changed her whole outlook. Um, actually, <laughs> since, if she would have lasted to September 19th, she could have watched the original Wishmaster. Oh. But I feel like that's kind of a home movie. Like, you kind of want to watch it at home. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, not in the theater. It's kind of, you know. Yeah, she but, wouldn't have made it that long for it to be out on VHS. And don't forget about... Uh, Sweet Hereafter, L.A. Confidential, oh. Soul Food, Kiss the Girls, Lolita, and The Peacemaker. Oh, oh the remake go. of Lolita with Jeremy Irons. Yeah. And The Peacemaker, a star turn for a burgeoning George Clooney. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. There you go. All right. Thank you for Tra- that input. Tragic. <laughs> Her last words were, I cannot breathe. Mm, like George Floyd. Yeah, when that cop murdered him. Mm-hmm. I heard she was a drug addict, and she was, you know, like, counterfeiting, like, $20 bills, so she deserved to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what they say. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. If you counterfeit $20 bills, you deserve to be murdered in the street by the police. With Unless, no you're white. Unless, yeah. you're white. Unless you're white. Unless you're white. Oh, well, that's, yeah, He can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Jesus fucking Christ. I know. She had a state funeral, and there was a lot of foreign dignitaries that showed up for that state funeral. Uh, a lot of missionaries of charity that came all over the world to go to that funeral. And it looked really big. If you look at pictures, it looks really big. But they don't let in common people, which is kind of ironic. But only around 100 people that actually were from Calcutta went to her funeral. And that really shows you what they thought of her mm-hmm. by that point. She wasn't met by mass throngs of, of people that lived in Calcutta. Mother who? Right. Yeah. yeah. Again, most of them Hindi, and most of them didn't have a good view of her. Yeah, and they were, uh, not for, for reasons that are going to uh, become apparent later. Themselves. And these are things that happened while she was alive. It's not like once she died, all this shit came out. It 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 was around while she was living. Now, after her death, she actually demanded that some of her writings be burned, mm-hmm. but they were not. Awesome. Uh, uh, and a lot, a lot of curse of, words in those. Well, a lot of this writing is the stuff that displays her doubt mm-hmm. and her, you know, anything like that. Her dark night of the soul is what this really displays. Mm-hmm. Some people say all saints go through. It was her emo phase. <laughs> now, in these writings, she doubted her own faith. She doubted the existence of God. Mm-hmm. And the existence of a soul, including her own. Yeah. She straight up says, I don't believe I have a soul. Yeah, because it's not a real thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said that she felt very empty, that God doesn't talk to her. She, she's dealing with things like depression. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're, they're, they don't 
they don't want to say that she was dealing with depression because they were like, oh, she was so devout that she was always in it 100%. And outwardly, she was. But on the inside, for years and years and years, she was dealing with existential doubt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe I shouldn't have wasted my whole life in Kolkata. Yeah. yeah. And, and some people say that this is admirable and even heroic, the fact that she had these primal doubts and still kept going. But some people including some of the missionaries of charity, viewed it as a betrayal mm-hmm. to put on that face and expect them to still live under the rigors that she in play, that she put on them and not say anything about it mm-hmm. and not kind of air that, not be honest and transparent about it. Right. They're and, like, I took my rabbit and my Sibian, threw them in a garbage bag and threw it <laughs> in the Ganges, and I did it for God, and I've been in it 100%. And this bitch is having doubts? <clears throat> Come on. <Yeah. laughs> if you hadn't said Sibian, I would have thought you meant literal rabbit. I never yeah, now I know. rabbit. You meant a different kind of rabbit. It's a sex. The story. only time I mean literal rabbit is on Thanksgiving Day when we have a rabbit feast. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, home. it's weird that you have a lot of rabbit at your home. Well, it's a cultural difference, yeah. I suppose. And some people even viewed it as maybe encouraging people to follow her example. And when you're going through things like depression, maybe follow her example and don't go get help. Yeah. Rely on God's Absence. challenge, I guess. Yeah, yeah, God a challenge. It's like I always say, if you're, tra- if you're suffering through mental illness, don't get help. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't say that. God that is was, testing you. I uh, yeah. 100% do not feel It's the way. evil I'm, one. I was joking. Yeah. So basically, it's it's the, the equivalent of uh, emotional, mental, pull yourself uh, bo- yep. by your bootstraps. Yes. Yep, yep. So exactly. mentality. You might feel a pinch in the back of your neck. That's pride fucking with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck pride. I'm about to be a bit of a doubting Thomas. Oh, no. Oh, which That's is your, from the Bible. And yeah. your, your real first name. Yes. Not yes, doubting Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Thomas the Doubter. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. He's like, I'm no bad all this Jesus shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, some of the shit you're saying is fucking out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get into this. First off, Malcolm Mugridge. His crew had not tested that film when he said he had seen Divine Light. The thing is, is I may not have a history degree, but I do have a film degree. Yeah. So... In 1968, Kodak invented a direct positive film. Basically what it was is it was pre-exposed film. Mm -hmm. So it does a little bit better in low light. And it's more washed out, but it does better in low light. And if you watch Something Beautiful for God, those low light scenes are incredibly washed out. Mm -hmm. There's no detail in the darker and lighter areas of the exposure Mm -hmm. on the film. The cameraman confirmed this later. Mm-hmm. So, that's not a miracle. Sorry, it's not a miracle. Now, another thing about her missions and about her homes for the dying that are caring for the poorest of the poor, there aren't any medical professionals there. Good. Fuck. The nuns right. had... Oh, my God. The nuns had basic, basic medical knowledge. This is basic first aid. As mm-hmm. a Boy Scout... I probably got more medical training than they did. Except for maybe how to administer an IV. I think they knew how to do that, and I don't know how to do that. Anyway, Mother Teresa herself said that they shouldn't study medicine too much because being an expert in anything 
leads to pride. Mm -hmm. So ignorance, in a sense, is a virtue that keeps you away from pride. Yeah. Uh, what? Jesus yes. Christ. Ignorance I mean, is a virtue. Welcome to the United States of America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that... And it's like our main thing. I have a uh, definition for stupidity, and you guys can you guys can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think a stupid person is a willfully ignorant person, mm-hmm. where the knowledge is there, and they can go out and seek it, but they choose not to or choose to ignore that knowledge. That is not ignorance at that point. That is stupidity, mm-hmm. because the knowledge is there. And you refuse to get it for some reason. Stupidity, I my think friend. I would agree with that. Okay. There was also, not, not being a trained medical health professional, the nuns were washing the needles, you know, for inoculations mm-hmm. and things like this, in warm water, tap water. Yeah. And then reusing them what? On, on people. And so didn't they have AIDS victims there? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, and... I mean, I mean, con- contagious diseases that go by your bodily fluids, including... It's all going to be a problem, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, the HIV's a problem, but there's a myriad of things you can get from dirty syringes. Well, mm-hmm. and I guess they've since gotten better. But this is during her time, and we're talking about her. Because, again, she didn't get any hate during her time, right? She didn't... No one, no one was going to be like, hey, w- wait a minute, Mother Teresa. Not during her time. thing was, is, like, people... Like, there was one nurse that was like, why are you doing that? Like, she saw a nun washing, just washing it under her tap water. And they're like, well, I'm cleaning it. And they're like, yeah, I know, but why aren't you boiling them and sterilizing them? Mm-hmm. This isn't difficult work. Yeah, and she right. goes, there's there's no point. There's no use. There's no points. Mm-hmm. No use. Jesus that, Christ. That's what she said. There's no point. There's no use. Yeah. Then why even do it at all? Then why even wash them then? Yeah. Because they didn't, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was another... There, there were more rampant things that happened in her homes, such as misdiagnoses. When somebody comes in, they're doing awful, and, you know, they're from the streets and whatever, they're saying, you're dying. When, in fact, they could have gone to the hospital, and with a very simple mm. treatment, they could have survived. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, even just... Very simple treatment that could have survived. There was a 15-year-old kid with a kidney ailment that had just gotten worse and worse and worse because it hadn't been treated. Mm-hmm. But if you treated it, you could survive. The thing was, is they're like, well, Mother Teresa herself said, we're not taking him to the hospital. And they're like, but why not, though? Because all you have to do is take him there and just demand treatment, and they'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can save this kid's life. Yeah. And she said, if we do it for one... We do it for all of them. Do it for all of them. They can't do it for all of them. There's too many. And again, they can't rely on the state, can they? Keep the ruse going. They can't rely on the state. You know that whole thing. And that's not what she's. That's not what she's hung up on. She's hung up on giving people spiritual solace as they die. Mm -hmm. But if they don't know anything about medicine, but they don't need to die. If they don't know anything about medicine, they don't know when somebody's dying and when they're She's actually not. She's letting people die who don't need to die so she can give them spiritual And solace. so she can be more holy. Mm-hmm. Because it's her witnessing, right? The person's going to die. Mm-hmm. But it's her witnessing it, so it brings her closer to Jesus. Yeah. So she is becoming more holy because of this person's and suffering maybe God will finally start returning uh, her phone calls. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, start mm-hmm. hanging out again on Wednesday nights. Um... Uh, <laughs> 
the thing is, is they weren't very good at mitigating pain either. They, if you were lucky, you got some aspirin. Oh. Uh, so people are dying of horrific diseases. They're dying of cancer. Incredibly painful to die from. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, you got aspirin. Because again, it's Jesus kissing you. Mm-hmm. So these people are not just dying, and some of them dying needlessly, but the ones that are dying, by and large, are dying painfully. Mm-hmm. Like, when people say, like, the humane thing to do is, like, end their suffering, like, they say that all the time, end their suffering. Like, no, they would die naturally, suffering the whole way out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same people that, that witnessed the nuns using hypodermic needles over and over again compared her home for the dying to Nazi concentration camps, particularly Bergen and Belsen. And they called them inmates, not patients. They called them inmates. Everyone was given rags to wear. Uh, they're on these World War One-style cots, totally overcrowded. All their heads were shaved to prevent lice and things like this. Mm-hmm. And everything's clean, but there's just nothing there. You know, they kept everything very clean, but nothing's there, mm-hmm. you know. They don't have anything. They're just literally literally laying on cots waiting Dying. to die. There were even accounts of some people who had severe mental illnesses tied to their beds or even tied to trees. Oh my god. As they're dying. As Mother Teresa grew in popularity and more people knew who she was, donations poured in to mm-hmm. the missionaries of charity. Lots of donations poured in. In fact, she was the, I think, like the biggest holy order that the Catholic Church had, the most lucrative one that they had, getting the most money out of any other one, right? Like the Knights Hospitallers still exist Mm -hmm. during this time, uh, but they don't make nearly as much money as the missionaries of charity do. None of that money went into improvements of any of these homes for the dying. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about a holy order that makes... Upwards of $30 million annually. Wow. Uh, Maybe even, and she could have had first-rate hospitals in Calcutta. She could have had some of the the best Mm -hmm. places to take care of sick and dying people. But Jerry, where are all those scrapes going, man? (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. She refused. And people would would be like, hey, we can, I'll, I'll do it for free. Mother, I, I will absolutely retrofit your entire place. We'll fix all this shit up. I'll do it for free. I'm donating to you. No, we don't mm-hmm. do that here. Because, again, the suffering is Christ on the cross, and her witnessing it adds to her own and the missionary's own holiness. They're uh, like psychic vampires, man. It, yeah, no, no, totally. <clears throat> spiritual vampires. I don't know. Now, the AIDS missions that she set up in New York, like in the Bronx, and in... Uh, San Francisco and in DC and things like this, they removed mattresses and carpet and other amenities that made it comfortable because they wanted it to be like the places she has in Calcutta. And she even admits that the poor of the world are not the same. Like she goes, the America's poor is not the same as Calcutta's poor. Mm-hmm. Even well, she can see that. Sure. But that doesn't stop her from using her facilities as the same as what she has in Calcutta, when she can easily have what's already there and been given to her for no money. And 
there, there was a place in DC where they were like, hey, the law says if you're going to have disabled people in here, you need an elevator so you can safely take them up and down. Mm-hmm. And she refused to have an elevator so much so that they abandoned the idea to even open a place there. Mm-hmm. What she said was, is like, we'll carry them up and down the stairs instead, which mm-hmm. puts a lot of shit on her missionaries yeah, that are mm-hmm. already overworked and waking up at crack of dawn and going to sleep in the middle of the goddamn night. Right. You know what I mean? And they're going to carry him up and down. Okay, okay, great. You know, I'm just sure that they're run ragged. The New York Press said something like, oh, this is PC culture saying, imposing disabilities, what they think disabled people want, and then they're missing the point of the missionaries of charity. When in fact, it's opposite, mm-hmm. where the missionaries of charity are imposing what they think the disabled yeah, exactly. need on the disabled. So it's bullshit. Like, they're directing their ire in the wrong way, just because this little old woman says we need to do this, mm-hmm. they all go with that. And so many people fall under yeah. that spell. You're wheelchair-bound. What is a better way to preserve your dignity? Taking an elevator? Or being carried by several middle-aged women down a long flight of stairs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're mm-hmm. hoofing and hemming and hawing, and you're like, little to the left, like... Yeah. I might poop my pants. Yeah. I don't know. You know, things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of dignity, lots of compassion there. And people say, like, oh, you know, detractors say, like, oh, well, they always leave out the fact that Mother wanted to carry them up the stairs. And it's like, no, I'm looking at that. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. think it's, it's fucked still, up. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah. Now, in San Francisco, uh, which was totally for AIDS patients... They were not allowed to watch TV, mm-hmm. uh, and in, in a place where they had free access to TV. They couldn't, of course, smoke or drink, even when their friends died of AIDS. They couldn't see their friends. No friends were permitted into any of their missions, even when they were dying. And a really infuriating part is a lot of them were sent away for coming home or coming back to the mission dressed in drag. They would send them away for that. And, you know, of course, there were some people that wanted to leave because they didn't medicate well enough. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to die without morphine. Like, I mean, this is, like in San Francisco, what's stopping them from... Can they just not afford... Well, it's, it's, that... it's members of the, of the homosexual community that still wanted to be Catholic. Okay. Right. You know, and that's important to them. Their faith is important to them. I, I don't get it, but you know what? Mm-hmm. To each their own. You know what I'm saying? They would also, you know, like... The Olympics were on. They were like, we're not watching the Olympics because we're, we're having our Lenten sacrifice. So, mm-hmm. And everyone was super depressed there. There are some Mother Teresa apologists, uh, like president of the Catholic League, Bill Donahue, mm-hmm. uh, who is a massive pile of shit, mm-hmm. yep. uh, who would also call trans women, quote, men in drag, mm-hmm. uh, men dresses women. He, he defends all of this, mm-hmm. you know, and calls people like you or me... Communists, mm-hmm. uh, satanic communists, which you got me, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right on one thing. There, there's this one story that really rang, that, that really hit a bell for me, and it was uh, these sisters in, in America, they, they received, uh, was it in America? I can't remember. I can't remember where it was, but basically the community had all grown a bunch of tomatoes, mm-hmm. and they donated them to the missionaries of charity. And the thing is, they had so many tomatoes they didn't know what to fucking do with. And they couldn't give them out to the rest of the community because the rest of the community had already grown their own tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So no one could actually use these. So they canned them. And they're going to eat them. Of riches. Yeah, and they were going to eat them in the winter. Mm-hmm. 
And when Mother Teresa found out about this, she got furious and told them to get rid of these canned tomatoes because the missionaries of charity do not store anything. Only God provides. Mm-hmm. Only God provides, Sounds right? Sounds like he provided them tomatoes to can. Well, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. If God provides, what's the point of the missionaries of charity? Mm-hmm. Right. If God provides to everybody, then what's the point of missionaries of charity? Are they there for the inevitability of poverty that you're yeah. not going to stop? Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know. Yeah. Yes, that's the answer. Okay. Now, Mother Teresa's Catholic views can be called nothing else but fundamentalist, zealous, fanatical at the least. Mm-hmm. And her methods of running her religious order, which included flogging yourself every night, she called it the... Uh, the thing the albino uh, guy did in Da Vinci Code. That's exactly yeah. what. That's, that's what, what she was. called it. She called no, it. No, no. She goes, I want to be like Paul Bettany. It, it's called the... Uh, the uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> it, it's, they have a name for it. Uh, but they also did the, you know, that thing that Paul Bettany does in that movie where he ties that metal thing around his leg? Mm-hmm. They did that as well. So you have a pimp walk. anything like this and abstaining from showers or anything that you wanted in the moment and isolating nuns and telling them that you can't see or hear from your family this is something that cults do I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's a cult I'm saying cults do this though and listen to one person, one person only it's a cult like mentality it's a uh, it's like an SAT question it's like a not all zips or zorps and not all zops or zips kind of thing it's like that one's written by a guy Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah. well, and no, if, that's like literally the question. You know, you guys it's, not, it. it's the zips of the zops that I. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's it, written by Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're interested in learning more about what it means to be a missionary of charity, and, you know, you don't want to take my word for it, because I don't want you to just take my word for it here. As soon as you're done listening to this, I do want you to go listen to this podcast. It's dedicated to this subject matter. It's called The Turning, The Sisters Who Left. Mm. They speak with real missionaries of charity who left for a myriad of reasons, but they talk about what it's like to be one and what it was like to know Mother Teresa personally. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of really enlightening things to say. Yeah, if you want to know more, go and, go and listen to that. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't recommend it more. It, it, it's... Do any of them say, like, she was cool. I had a great time. End of story. Nope. <laughs> even the ones still be in the mix. If, even yeah. the ones that are still in the mix, I don't think would say that. Fair enough. Mother Teresa wasn't, to my knowledge, if you were a missionary of charity, because, again, the Pope said do the bare minimum for your, for your nuns. To my knowledge, Mother Teresa was kind of a cold person to be around if you were an actual missionary. He's a real devil's, devil wears Prada. Steak! Now let's talk about some of the people that Mother Teresa was friends with. And when, when I say friends, I mean she was buddy-buddy with these people. If you mm-hmm. say Jeffrey Epstein, I'm going to be like, what? The first person I want to talk about. Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, his name was Charles Humphrey Keating II. Hmm. Charles Keating. Uh, what a name. Uh, he was a lawyer, a banker, a financier, real estate developer, and a devout Catholic. <laughs> now, Charles Keating was an anti-pornography champion. Oh, uh, a champion? A champion <laughs> for the saying. anti-pornography movement. He gave at least 10% of the blame of obscenity in America 
to the communists and a communist conspiracy to corrupt the youth of America. Oh, with porn. Absolutely true. Yeah, it was the communists. At least 10% of it. Oh. The 90% of it was made for monetary gain. The rest of it was a communist conspiracy. Yeah. 90% of it was pure capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the most Christian and I'm the least communist. Yeah. According to our last president. Yeah. Uh, now, he was also the president of the Lincoln Savings and Loan mm. firm. And he also actually became, he almost became Reagan's ambassador to the Bahamas, because he spent a lot of time in the Bahamas, because yeah. he's a rich man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all of his uh, offshore bank accounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, the Savings and Loan Associations under Reagan had been deregulated in the 1980s, uh, allowing Charles Keating to make high-risk investments with the depositor's money, a change of which Keating and other savings and loans operators took advantage of. So when we think of, like, the Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. they're basically saying, hey, Chris, give me, give me 10 grand of your money, mm-hmm. and I'll, I will put it in this, in, in this great investment opportunity I have for you. And it's going to be great. And you're like, sounds good. Hell yeah. Oh. And I put it all in there, and I keep telling all of my investors that we have record, record, like, you know, stocks are going through the roof here. Mm-hmm. When in fact, I'm hiding from the IRS that I'm losing billions of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. It's a Ponzi so, scheme. Well, well he's living high in, the, high in the hog, right? Yeah. Enron, same deal. I want to do Quaalud so bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, Enron, same deal. When Keating, when Keating later was asked why he got into savings and loans, he said, quote, I know the business inside, of, inside and out, and I always felt that at SNL, if they'd re- if <laughs> savings and loan, if they'd relax the rules, it would be the biggest moneymaker in the world, end quote. <laughs> so over the next, if, if you take all the rules away, I can win. Like, if you uh, just... Uh, you stop pussyfooting around and let me yeah. rip people off full time. Yeah. Over the next four years, Lincoln's ax- <clears throat> assets increased from $1.1 billion to $5.5 billion Jesus miraculously. Any company that does savings that is a loan. giant fucking red flag. Yeah. I think <clears throat> Savings and Loan also had Adam Sandler on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Lincoln's particular investments took the form of buying land taking equity positions in real estate development projects, and buying high-yield junk bonds as, like, collateral, Mm -hmm. right? Which you're just buying it cheaper so you can reap the profits, right? A sales document from this period urges staff to, and I quote, always remember the weak, meek, and ignorant are always good targets, Mm -hmm. end quote. Beautiful. And this, and, is, and this is one of Mother Teresa's buddies. Yes, that gave Mother Teresa a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. And he's preying on, this is a, you know, internal, like, in our world it'd be an internal email. But the weak, the meek, and the ignorant are good targets to steal money from. Internal memo. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, it came out, you know, once uh, Lincoln Savings Loan started to go under and the Fed started to be like, hey, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. came out that there was the Keating Five, the five senators that were involved, basically being paid off. If there was going to be an investigation, these senators would would try to discourage the investigation. Yeah. Right Now that's and every senator. Yeah. Well, here we have Alan Cranston, 
Democrat of California. Dennis DeCosini, Democrat of Arizona. John Glenn, Democrat of Ohio. And John McCain, Republican of Arizona. And uh, Don- Donald W. Rigel Jr., Democrat of Michigan. Uh, John now, McCain, John McCain. Yeah, John McCain, John McCain. There, there wasn't another Democrat. Sorry. Yeah. Republican of Arizona named John McCain. War hero and all-around good American guy John McCain was well, involved in a scandal? Well, the reason why they were given all this money is because during Reagan's second term, the Congress had flipped to the Democrats. Mm. And certain Democrats and people that were making noise, such as John McCain and these, and John Glenn and some of these guys, had to be paid off. And, like, John McCain straight up said, I didn't fucking fight in Vietnam to get my, you know... To, to to get you, you to do this bullshit yeah, is right. basically what he's saying. I so, didn't watch my friends die face down in the mud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the whistle was blown even though that they had already been given the money. Anyway, it was a whole scandal. It was giant back in the day. And when it, when it was found out that Lincoln had millions of dollars in unreported losses while Keating and his executives were living lavishly and subsequently the Lincoln Savings Alone failed... About 23,000 customers were left with worthless bonds. And this is their retirement. And this is their houses. Mm. This is their mortgage. This is everything they have. Totally gone. Are we talking uh, about 2008? No. No. <laughs> oh. Sounds like this happens all the time, doesn't yeah, it? Right. Yeah. Anyway, well, I, boom just, and I, I just Carter. heard deregulation, Republican president, and then people losing their pensions. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. assumed it was 2008 you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Now, many investors, mostly living in California, and most of them being in retirement communities, lost their life savings and later claimed to have suffered emotional trauma for having been duped on top of their financial devastation. Now, the total bondholder loss came to between 250 and $288 million, Jeez. one of the largest white-collar crimes in United States history. Wow. Oh, my God. Now, Keating also gave substantial donations of millions upon millions of dollars to Mother Teresa and the Missionaries of Charity. Now, Mother actually wrote a letter in defense of Charles Keating at his trial that he had done much for the poor. And I don't know about the business or what you're dealing with (laughs) right now, but what I'm saying is he's done so much for the poor and the sick children of the world. I'm just a small town saint. Yeah. I don't know too much about these big city finances. Yeah. Mm. Motherfucker. She's, 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 like, that's doing what a, she is. she's doing a monster zinc. She's got to fill up the pain canisters so they yeah. can keep Teresopolis running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yes. even if you open a, open up a home for the dying in America where they have carpets and couches and mattresses and beds and shit, you toss Thanks. them out the window yeah. because that's not... Holiness. She's got to learn the power of a child's laughter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then at that point, what is the donations yeah. used okay, for? Okay, okay, well, let's let's get there. I feel okay. like you're getting to this. Now, the prosecutor in the Keating case, he actually responded to Mother Teresa, and he said, uh, hey, you know, these are regular people that had money being stolen from them. I just want to ask you what would Jesus do if he found out that he came into possession of a bunch of stolen money? Would he keep it, or would he give it back? And he goes, I promise you, if you give it back, I will get you in touch with the right people so they can get their stolen money back. He never got anything, ever. The thing is, is, oh, they must have lost the receipts, because they're like, anyone who apologizes for Mother Teresa over this says, the money was already spent. Where? We don't know. 
But if the money was already spent, then they lost the receipts. We don't know where the money was spent. And the Vatican, the richest religious organization on the planet, couldn't cut them a check. Okay. Okay. That's cool. At least we all know where y'all stand. (laughs) You know? Man. Off. So That's, she, she, I mean, over the whole, she got hundreds of millions of dollars overall. I don't, I don't know if it was hundreds of millions, but it was millions. Because the thing is, is they don't show us their books. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much money she's received. We don't know where that money goes. We don't know who's, you know, we can't track all the money she was given. We mm-hmm. do know by the Vatican's own admission that it was the most lucrative of all holy orders within its confines. Jesus. All I got to say is even at the end of the day... Ivan Reitman still showed up with Caddyshack after all the money was spent. (laughs) (laughs) Where did the money go? Yeah, well... In that case, drugs. Well, yeah, cocaine, and also they rented a golf course for a week or whatever. What was that uh, movie? Uh, Feudal and Useless Gesture? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Mother Teresa flew in Charles Keating's private jet, and she traveled the world on his jet, Cool. on presumably his dime and what Keating got was a personalized cross a Mother Teresa cross that he took everywhere a blessing from a living saint Dope. and they got a bunch of money and the thing is is they don't have to tell us where they put the money and they never have and they never will but the point of fact is is that no money has ever been returned and no one's ever decided hey let's cut a check to these defrauded people that are now mm-hmm. the poorest of the poor. Yeah, the, you the know money's certainly saying? not going to uh, these. No, these uh, these homes of the dying. Yeah. No, because again, some of these places are either being straight up given to her, or she buys them for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Like like things like that, and even then they tear out the amenities. So they're not their ob- objective is to not retrofit them and make them better, or to save these people. It is to witness them as they are dying and suffering. Yeah. Okay. That is the objective, and the objective has not changed. I don't know what what the money is used for. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what. Uh, no one knows. Okay. One one story I thought was uh, intriguing is uh, the only time she went back to Albania was after Enver Hoxha, who was Albania's communist leader, made Albania the first atheist state. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went there and she put a wreath on his grave. Uh, she also put a wreath on Mussolini's grave, <laughs> and for in in the in the spirit of forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? In the spirit of forgiveness, uh, which is funny because I don't ever remember either of them asking for forgiveness at all. By the way, I'm not asking for forgiveness for making this episode either. If you mm-hmm. if you want if you feel the need to forgive me for this, I don't seek your forgiveness. And like Christopher Hitchens when he made his documentary Hell's Angel, about Mother Teresa. And she found out that he had made that. She didn't see it, but she found out that he had made that later in her life. She's like, I forgive him. It's weird because I didn't ever want your forgiveness. <laughs> I'll seek your forgiveness. And furthermore, who are you to dispel forgiveness? Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, I thought that was God's job. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Anyway. It's all right. They're 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 dead hanging out together. Yeah. It's the, it's the most, it's the most like, mismatched comedy of all. <laughs> <laughs> During the u- union... Together, <laughs> only on the CW. <laughs> yeah. During the uh, Union Carbide disaster, she's before we even knew whose fault it was. She said, "Forgive, forgive." It was like, "Forgive who? For what? Oh, people that might give you money." Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just yeah. say it. Uh, just say it. And let's talk about 
the official thing about giving Hindus uh, Hindu stuff and giving Muslims Muslim stuff and not caring about religion. She loved giving deathbed con- uh, uh, conversions. Mm-hmm. In fact, she trained her nuns to uh, baptize people into Catholicism as they were dying, mm-hmm. even without their consent, Jesus. muttering it under their breath, taking the water, putting it mm-hmm. over their head, and whatnot. Uh, she would even even praise nuns for how many people she could they converted in a in a day or in a week or whatever. Like conversion numbers are up, so that's good, mm-hmm. right? So she was definitely concerned about conversions. Oh mm-hmm. my god, she most sounds, certainly. She sounds like a fucking manager at a Home Depot. Uh, like, Sell those cards. Yeah, g- yeah. Get, get those credit cards up. Gives me flashbacks of Radio Shack. Right? Yeah. yeah. How many phones you sell today? How many how many Dish Network subscriptions yeah. did you sell? Yeah. But these are desperate people. People that are dying. Mm-hmm. And some uh, of the people coming into Radio Shack are pretty desperate. Yeah, right? you're not wrong. I don't know about dying, but they really need they needed a Sprint phone right now. Let's talk about her friend Robert Maxwell. <gasps> that oh. Robert Maxwell. Media tycoon, Mm -hmm. corrupt member of the English Parliament, possible spy, (laughs) possible war criminal, and profit and war profiteer, certainly a fraudster, and con man, Mossad operative, and father of Ghislaine Maxwell, consort to one Jeffrey Epstein. Indeed. Mm -hmm. That Robert Maxwell. So she was connected to Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) In a roundabout way. (laughs) Yes. Robert Maxwell had this uh, scheme going to defraud people of money, and I'm cutting this story short because I think an episode on Robert Maxwell would be fucking amazing. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, But there was a scheme going, and basically he asked, he, he sort of. Now, there's apologists that say that he coerced. Mother Teresa into this. But the thing is, is Mother Teresa made demands of her own to Robert Ma- Maxwell. Okay, so she would lend her face to his, you know, scheme and give it that seal of approval. That Mother Teresa unbreakable, unquestionable seal of approval. No one can question you if you have Mother Teresa on your side, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would do his scheme and fund her operation, her missions. Wherever. Give her money. So, by funding that mission, what? She would demand harder floors? I don't know. I think just opening more missions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Honestly. But, uh, again, people offered to retrofit these places for free. And she refused. Anyway. It's like, more, I need to taste this. Yeah. That makes me really wonder why, where where that money's going. Oh, I, 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 honestly, I just think straight to the Vatican coffers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. If, I mean, if I'm, if I'm being honest. But, That's uh, 100% what I think is happening. Yeah. Now, he... She wasn't unwilling, is what I'm saying. She made demands of her own, so she was definitely a willing participant. But he basically just did the scheme and then made off with the money, didn't didn't give her anything. <laughs> he ripped her off. Yeah. He, nice. He, yeah. Uh, he actually died mysteriously. Uh, his body was Not so found. mysterious now. <laughs> yeah, his body was found floating in the Atlantic Ocean. She and no fucking cut his throat yeah. wide yeah. open. Fell down it, an elevator shaft onto some bullets. She's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, except she's, for maybe Glenn Maxwell. She was probably sad. Um, Fucker. Yeah. She was also friends, and I mentioned this in passing, with the brutal and bloodthirsty dictator of Haiti, Jean-Claude Baby Doc Duvalier, and his wife mm. Michelle. And they were basically the Ceausescu's of Haiti. Mm-hmm. They oh, were shit. horrible people. 
And when she accepted money and award from an award, it was some high honor in Haiti. Golden from, treasure. From, yeah, from Baby Duck. She said, quote, never saw a head of state so close with the nation's poor. <laughs> quote. These people lived lavishly while their, while their poor starved to death. Mm-hmm. They ran away when shit got bad in Haiti. Another yeah. story for a different day. Right. Now, in South America, there was also four nuns and an arch- archbishop uh, that were also killed in El Salvador. I and thought you were going to say they walked into a bar and it was going to be a setup for a joke and I'm no. really disappointed. No, they were murdered in El Salvador <laughs> during during El Salvador's uh, whole thing. Anyway, uh, now Jimmy Carter, he, he wanted, you know, he wanted to bring these people to justice. They're, you're not supposed to kill nuns and priests and stuff like that. You wanted revenge, to, which is what uh, Jimmy Carter is known for. Uh, <laughs> well, Reagan, on the other hand, unlike Jimmy Carter, he actually sided with the military junta government in El Salvador that was responsible for the raping and killing of those four nuns and the archbishop. Mm-hmm. On uh, it was wildly unpopular in this country and elsewhere as well, so they used Mother Teresa as a uh, PR campaign oh, and gave her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And in fact, Reagan even said, the Pope said it was fine. <laughs> and the Pope said, no, it didn't. And so yeah. they'd be like, all right, all right, all right. I retract what I said. <laughs> yeah. But she comes and she gets, you can but watch I it. I believe in my heart that it is true. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, you wow. can you can go and you can watch uh, Mother Teresa's accepting the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. And it's... I, I, I had to stop it, and I, I went back, and I was like, she didn't say that. I went back, she goes, and the way she talked to, I'm going to do my best Mother Teresa impression, because when she speaks like this, she knows that she has that audience wrapped around her finger, and she knows it, man, and she really leans into it. And she goes, uh, when my friend was talking with me about Ethiopia and the children dying and starving there, the first person I thought of was Ronald Reagan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now, to put that into perspective, Ronald Reagan funded the Derg, mm-hmm. who were the brutal government of Ethiopia that starved the Eritreans and, and used that mm-hmm. as an actual weapon against the Eritreans during that civil war and another man-made famine, you know. The, the Soviets and the and Americans were fighting sort of a proxy war back then. We're actually going to get into that uh, very soon, by the way. Nice. Another PR campaign that she helped with. Basically legitimizing him in Ethiopia and also saying all that El Salvador, those nuns being killed and shit like that, uh, it's okay, I guess. Mm. You know, or at least let's not talk about that, right? So there's that. <laughs> but I suppose the biggest reason why she is so revered in the West is that she, this little white woman, is the great white savior of the third world for the Western world's guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. Okay? The, the thought that somebody somewhere is helping the third world because the Western world had fucked it up so bad mm-hmm. was a good thought to them. And, oh, anything you could do to be like, it's okay, it's all gonna be okay. You know, what we have done in these places, it's being looked after, mm-hmm. right, by, by a white woman. A white woman saving black bodies from their own 
failures Mm because they can't look after themselves. And then depicting Calcutta as some sort of massive shithole full of all these people that need saving from this one little old lady. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? White lady. You know what I mean? The great white hope is what they called her. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) That is probably what most people find the most offensive when it comes to Mother Teresa is that she's viewed in this in this sort of way because she didn't change anything she didn't change any of the state's opinions mm-hmm. she didn't change poverty in these areas she took care of the inevitable poverty that rapid overpopulation growth will cause and the thing is is she's always asking the wrong question not like somebody's like you know are there enough children in the world or can there be enough children in the world it's the wrong question because those children are already born. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. if you can give human beings autonomy over their reproduction, you know, their, the reproductive fecundity, then it's the most liberating thing ever, and they don't actually have to remain in poverty for generations. Mm-hmm. She doesn't see that. Mm-hmm. You know? And that is the main disconnect between her, the people that don't like her versus the people that do like her, is yeah. that they do not understand that. And that's not something we're going to agree on. Mm-hmm. We will never agree on that. Yeah, for sure. You know. But, boner. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> either way. She has been syncophantically adored. The way she speaks, I just sort of displayed. The way she speaks, mm-hmm. she gets people on her side in that way. And the fact that something that Christopher Hitchens pointed out is like, oh, the Saint of Calcutta doesn't ever seem like she's ever in Calcutta. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Let's not forget that while she was going through heart trouble, she had the best hospital at her disposal. And if that's not hypocrisy, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Now, some people say, hey, they gave that to her against her will. Maybe she didn't want that. Well, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, sure, I guess, but... She fought it with every fiber of her being. Yeah, she she really did. Yeah, yeah. Now... I don't want to go in the car. Yeah. I got you dead. (laughs) uh, I feel much better now. I feel happy. I think I'll go for a walk. Uh, Okay, I'll be dead in a moment. No, no. Some people, I can already hear them, are going to accuse us of not looking at the opposing side. So let's look at the opposing side. They can accuse me of that. I did not do that. (laughs) Okay. Are we missing a bigger picture here? of helping the poor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I would say, not in the Mother Teresa sense. Again, if you're among the poor and you're begging for food and you just share it with everyone around you, that's commendable. Mm-hmm. Refusing to, to have somebody die with dignity and not in an immense amount of pain, I disagree with. Yeah. That picture, that bigger picture, I am missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, where's the money? Yeah. Where'd all that money go? Yeah. It was already spent somehow. Is she guilty by association? By just being... They say that, that well, she was just... They arranged the meeting with baby Doc Duvalier. They arranged mm-hmm. these meetings uh, with bloodthirsty she knows dictators. Who these in the Guatemalan killing fields. You know, things like this. Yeah. So what? She doesn't do any research? Is she that it? She knows who these people are. Yeah. Or she doesn't do her research. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the two. Right? So is she stupid or is she complicit? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Now Do you do you want your do you want your living saint to be stupid? Or complicit. Or complicit. Because like, it's one of those two. Yeah. 
it does remind me of a quote, money has no smell, which I'm sure Mother Teresa would have agreed with. Mm-hmm. But you know who said that? Was V.I. Lenin. Mm-hmm. Which part of this do you agree with? Which part of this are you are you are you siding with? Are you are you applying to Mother Teresa? Well, the best point I've heard though is someone giving comfort to a dying person, as an alive person. Who am I to judge that person's comfort? Well, I'm not. But at the same time, they're not even they're not even giving aspirin. I doubt they're comfortable at all. Right. Yeah. Well, on top of that, it's like. No, nobody had the option. No. You know? Well, and everybody no. in this room's been in a fraction, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the amount of pain that some of those people were in. Yeah. And we know how important relief can be to that mm-hmm. pain. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the reason why drugs that are, <coughs> you know, pharmaceutical-grade heroin, Oxycontin, was created for people dying of, of cancer... So, yep. you're getting aspirin when you need heroin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not proper care. No, 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 no. It's no. objective. Yeah. Now, some people say, well, Mother Teresa is not capable of, of, of knowing these financial and uh, geopolitical things. They say this. It's like, okay, well, if that's true... Then how come Margaret Thatcher invited her over at that exact time when they were voting on the abortion bill? Right. Are you saying that she didn't know she was being used as a political operative? Same with Reagan. Like, how does she have an yeah. opinion on Ronald Reagan? If she, if, if she, she doesn't even stuff? know, if she's yeah. too innocent to know. That's some bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. They've also said that baptizing people is a harmless and well-meaning gesture. Now, fair. But some of these, again, like, that's fine if you're a Catholic to believe that. Mm-hmm. But say, say you are a Catholic, and I baptize you into the Church of Satan, mm-hmm. and I mean well. And it's on your and deathbed. And it's harmless. And it's on your deathbed. And you can't do anything and to stop it. And you can't do anything me. about it because you're dying of cancer and I don't give you any Oxycontin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you still say that that's a harmless and well-meaning gesture? Oh, for sure. Like, I was well, well-meaning. Sure. The other thing I'm thinking is, like, a lot of these people are Hindus, Right. They go in there thinking... They're told, devout. Oh, you're Hindus. We'll, we'll give you a Hindu burial. Yeah. They baptize them last second, and then they don't get yeah. that. They get a Catholic burial. Yeah. Right. And that's know? offensive to Hindus. And Hindus do not like Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in Calcutta even do not like her mm-hmm. uh, to this day. Now, they also say, well, she's not perfect. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Well, Hitler wasn't perfect, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. So we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, ever talk any shit about Hitler because well, ah, he's about, not perfect. We're not talking about minor mistakes here. No, <laughs> no, <know>? yeah. <laughs> it's like sitting on a pile of freshly self-made bloody corpses and being like, "I'm only human." <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's always the last line of defense. Well, she's not perfect. Again, well, Hitler wasn't perfect either. Yeah, is, is that- simply being like a good, caring person being a perfect person. Yeah, I she guess didn't, she didn't get in a, a, a light fender bender on the way to to work. You no, know? no, yeah. no, no. Also, no. she's she doesn't work at fucking Subway. She's a fucking saint. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. She better be pretty goddamn close to perfect if you're a no. fucking saint. And and maybe I'm an idealistic optimist, but I don't buy the cynical view that nothing can be done about systemic issues that create poor classes. So we have to just 
be close to Jesus by witnessing the suffering of the masses instead of changing it. That really is, to me, the most damaging thing about it. Yeah, where it's, it's like, incredibly absolutely. cynical. And it, it basically allows the you know, the ruling class to continue in that route because they're yeah. like, well, there's, that's the way it is. There's nothing we can do. Nothing we it. can do. Well, like, well, she always goes back to something the Bible said about how the poor will always be with you. And Christopher Hitchens is like, more like you will always be there for the poor then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, none of this matter. You know, we as a society do not have to let nuns take care of the inevitable, inevitable poor of the world. There are changes we can make. Does this come from the state? Yes. But call me a lizard person when I say that I'd rather have a good medical treatment than an old lady smiling at me as I die. You are a lizard person. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking lizard fuck. Another argument I heard was, uh, it's like, oh, well, the people that Jesus spelled around with would really offend you then. Because they were, you know, prostitutes and... And oh, criminals, and people out on the outside of society. It's not even the same thing. No. Well, well, no, no. and well, and I was like, well, what are you trying to say that Jesus was a Soapy Smith styled character? Yeah. <laughs> you know was what Jesus I mean? a big fucking fraud? Was he a big fraud, or or was he, you know, hanging out with some like kind of yeah. seedy dudes? You'd be offended. That by. I'm not offended by. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, they're, but they're like, you know, well, Mother Teresa hung around some seedy people. It's like. A bloodthirsty dictator is not just a seedy person. That's right. someone Jesus would have hated. Pontius Pilate in the Roman Empire, come on now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Literally. Or or is Jesus guilty by association with these people as well? I don't know. No, anyway. because he actively rejected them. Yeah, uh, I don't if know. the stories are true. Yeah, exactly. Now, what have I ever done with the poor? That's a good question. What have I we ever done for the poor? Nothing. Give them a little bit of money here and there. They pay taxes. Well, I according... Hope they use it for the right. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't have a choice what they do. Yeah. Well, according to Mother Teresa, you're not supposed to tout what you do for the poor. You're not supposed to say... You're not supposed to be proud of yourself for helping the poor. You're supposed mm-hmm. to do it. So, uh, on that note, I won't do that, but I will also encourage you to donate to community centers and charities that are local to you because Mother Teresa did believe in about helping your communities that were close to you. That I do agree with. Mm -hmm. The one in Seattle that I'm a real big fan of is Youth Care uh, that helps homeless teens uh, who are usually in the LGBTQ Mm -hmm. community. Uh, I would recommend that for if you live in Seattle. If you also live in the Seattle area, I would highly recommend... Uh, checking out Fair Start. Fair Start's uh, a great one as well. They provide job training for people who are coming out of uh, the prison system, uh, that are coming out of homelessness, uh, at-risk youth. They provide dro- job training for uh, uh, in the restaurant industry, and it's yes. a super badass. Uh, it's that. That's uh, also a, a great organization. I'd, I'd say those two. So yeah, as far as what I've personally done, I don't know, but I will say uh, go for these. Be better than Jerry. Yeah, It'd yeah. Be better than Cherry. And they also, of course, say, "Well, she's from a different time." Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, does that mean we continue doing what she wants? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that argument stands up here. Well, that that argument almost would imply that she is at fault, though. Yeah, because she <laughs> never changed. Yeah. Right? right. Well, it's like I mean, you could look at the past and be like, people, sh- you know, obviously shouldn't have done things in certain ways, but in that time period, that was an okay way of thinking. If your argument is, that was a different time, then you're saying, 
what she do- was doing was wrong, but it was a different time. So And then she never changed. Yeah, for sure. So if your defense is the same thing as a dude who just got me too'd, yeah. Probably not a great look. No. Yeah. It was a no. different time, man. Yeah. That's just the way we handled the poor. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no. Not good. Mother Teresa was like, do you want to be big in the movie industry? <laughs> <laughs> you have to take it off. <laughs> and by that, I mean all of your hair and clothes before we let you slowly suffer and or, die. Only it's more like, do you, want to, do you want to go to heaven? Yeah. It's like, What's heaven? You know, like, oh, it's great. Yeah. You're going to meet my husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty mean guy. <laughs> Short fuse. Yeah, he forces me to wear these shoes that deform my feet. Yeah. Look how <laughs> gross my feet are. Yeah. There's pictures of her feet, too, and they're all bent back. Oh, man. Two 11-year-old kids making creepy crawlers high-five, and they're like, gross! Yeah. yeah. Mother Teresa's Absolutely. feet! <laughs> and slime! Now... They did like slime. In Now, in conclusion, in 2018, Ooh. the missionaries of charity... We're investigated. Uh oh. For human trafficking. Oh, oh my shit. god. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. One volunteer and one nun were actually arrested for selling at least four babies. Jesus fucking Christ. For like over a little over seven hundred and fifty bones a pop. And she wouldn't have flown That's if it? Teresa was around. Well, more in rubies, but yeah, rubles. Rubles. Ru- rupees. Rupees. Ru- 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 RuPaul's Drag Race. Rupees. Rupees. Isn't that from... Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, the, uh, You're now a they, father. They basically just uh, hung them out to dry, and they said, that's that's individuals that did that. It's not us. Mm-hmm. And it's it like, okay. Could have been. It's just funny that, you know, he's with... You're, you know, she's with Robert Maxwell mm-hmm. and Elaine Maxwell Jeffrey Epstein, and then, of course, they have human trafficking scandals. It's just like kind of it. funny that <sighs> way. Uh, weird how the world works. Now, Mother Teresa is Saint Mother Teresa by now uh, because she fulfilled the requirements. Mm -hmm. Now, the requirements... It's like, how fast was her 100 meter? Yeah. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's about how fast she could move. Uh, These aren't tough requirements. No, it's not difficult. Uh, The first, uh, you gotta die. Mm. And then five years after you die... Uh, in most cases, a local bishop must investigate the individual's life and writings and submit consideration forms to the Vatican. Now, the second is if the application is accepted, that's all it has to do. Is If it's accepted, like I can't just put Tyler in there and have him accept it. They'd be like, Psh, no. Yeah. If it's accepted, the applicant can be called a servant of God. Cool. Right? Like the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a mission from Gad. Now, the third, it can be declared after they kind of look at the application that this person has lived a heroic and virtuous life. Whether or not they are in heaven, because this is like a. uh, The way they think of heaven is sort of hierarchical. Anyway, Mm -hmm. this person pursued holiness on earth and can be called venerable. And then prayers of intercession may be applied to this person. So you can. Has sort of, you can sort of pray directly to a saint and have them intercede on mm-hmm. on your behalf. They're right? like right under angels. Right, something like that. Yeah, it's like a Job, a comedy of justice. Yeah, you know, you read that? <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. Now the fourth is a miracle, mm-hmm. and it's usually a healing, and it must come. It must come from that person, 
like from Mother Teresa, right? You can't just say, I was just healed. It has to be like, no, Mother Teresa healed me. Mm-hmm. It has to come from that person. It has to be instantaneous. It has to be permanent, complete, and not being able to be explained by science. Mm-hmm. Huh. That one's probably kind of hard to pull off. Well, independent <laughs> doctors investigate the last claim. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, independent doctors. Yeah. Now, they make if, a ton of money from the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, this, if this is met, the person may be called blessed. Mm. In this process, this is called beatification. Right? That's what they call that, beatification. Now, the fifth is the second miracle. After the person is dead, usually... Uh, supposedly goes through all the same rigors as the first miracle, and then the Pope can finally canonize someone as a saint. Cool. So we didn't talk about any miracles. I don't recall. No, I don't recall any miracles. Well, in night... Oh, the the light thing. (laughs) Yeah. Supposedly. Well, that's not one of the two miracles. She's gonna go marching in with She's not a saint. (laughs) Now, in 1998, a woman named Monica Besra in, uh, in Bengal uh, went to the Missionaries of Charity in, in West Bengal. Uh, she had a fever, headaches, uh, vomiting, and a swollen stomach. And uh, she said she was dying of cancer. And uh, after touching a Mother Teresa medallion, her cancerous tumor disappeared! Was Batboy there? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and they're like, here's a miracle, you know. Now, her husband, uh, at first he said it wasn't a miracle, but a hoax, and said it was the all the medicine she was taking. For all she was also taking medicine. Yeah, she was also taking medicine. <laughs> uh, and then he said he was misquoted. And he's like, I didn't say it was a hoax, even though he's quoted as saying it's a hoax. Mm-hmm. He's, I'm misquoted. I didn't say that was a hoax. Part of your complete breakfast and eat some, du- and eat some vitamins, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there are multiple doctors that agreed that it was the medicine that she was taking. And also, that not uh, the reason why it was the medicine is because it wasn't cancer, it was a cyst. <laughs> well, I was thinking, it was like, and then the doctors looked later, and there was no tumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonder why. They're like, she's she right. Took, she she doesn't a have a tumor. Huge dump. Yeah. yeah was I was like, she probably just had the stomach flu. And, yeah. But she felt way better she, afterwards. She, she had an ovarian cyst, mm-hmm. is what it was. Ouch. For that. Yeah. Uh, pretty gross, but it was hardly a consensus saying that this is a miracle. Right? Hardly. She had a polyp in the duodenum. Yeah, yeah, down the gunny. Duodenum. Duodenum. It's, uh, it's benign, but uh, still a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the second miracle was in 2008 when Brazilian Marcilio Haddad Adriano, who was close to death, an infection had left his brain with abscesses and accumulating fluid. His worsening condition made him fall into a coma. He, he was set to have an operation to get the fluid out of his brain. And his wife, Fernanda, prayed to Mother Teresa for help. And a priest gave Fernanda a relic of Mother Teresa when the couple got married, and she put the relic on his head mm-hmm. where he had the abscesses. Then it is said he woke up, and the abscesses were gone, and he was cured, and he didn't need the surgery anymore. Okay. Now, I honestly couldn't find any doctors that were disproving this, but I'm going to tell you, sorry, I don't believe in miracles. Mm-hmm. 
it was either something else or something else happened because cancer doesn't just brain cancer doesn't go away like that shady business right it just doesn't. That that's just an, it does uh, if it's a miracle, Jerry. Yeah, well, I don't believe Jerry, in miracles. You're telling me that you don't believe in miracles. <laughs> Where are you from? Anyway, we have fun here on History Boys. Yeah, yeah. Now, Christopher Hitchens in Missionary Position uh, sums it up by saying. It's a funny title. It is and a funny knew. title. He knew he what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Hitchens is in missionary position. Yeah. I just imagined him getting fucked by somebody. <laughs> Rest in peace. He, he summed mm. it up well. He, uh, he said, quote, that she was, she was, quote, less interested in helping the poor than using them as an indefatigable... Indefatigable. That's hard for me to say. Source of wretchedness on which to fuel the expansion of her fundamentalist Roman Catholic beliefs. End quote. And Dr. Arup Chatterjee, uh, also a vocal opponent of Mother Teresa, calls the missionaries of charity a quote cult of suffering. I would agree. End quote. Metal. I would. I would agree with that as well. Now I don't expect her to be perfect, although she is a saint now. I also think that when she started, she was well-meaning. But her draconian and outdated ways that were more in place in the medieval eras, in nearly every respect, forcing its way into legislative policy in a supposedly secular country, and the widespread admiration she gets despite this is the actual problem. Like, the thing is, is she still advocated for her own political dogma to be pushed in secular countries. Yeah. It's right. bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't care who you are. You claim to talk to God and, and tell me what God wants and push laws in my face. No, I don't like it. And I don't mm-hmm. trust you. I don't need her agenda being shoved down my throat. Yeah. Okay. But she is probably the most fitting of all. The patron saint of doubters. Because mm. she was a big old doubter herself. Well... A lot of people doubted her. No, I know that right. as well. I was just yeah. Also, perhaps that's fair. <laughs> well, that was a story. Yeah, man. It's quite the story. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, when I told my wife that we were doing this episode, we had a pretty heated uh, conversation about it because her whole mentality around it is like, is Mother Teresa getting all this hate and all this heat because? She is a woman, and because it's easier to put a target on a woman's back who is in support of the Catholic Church, or is it because she's actually a big pile of shit? Well, well don't take it from me. It, if you if you want, don't take it from a from a straight white man that is not a Catholic. Right. Take it from the ex nuns then that used to be a part of the missionaries of charity. I wouldn't be Go surprised listen to them. Oh, totally. If there are people who aren't getting flack. To the degree she is, for maybe that reason, but yeah, the, the I mean she did the thing she did. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I think you can't you can't dismiss that entirely that that isn't a factor. Sure. But it doesn't mean that she didn't do the thing she did, right? So it doesn't excuse her. Right. Does that make sense? Well, and no, on, honestly, no, it it's a, it, honestly it's kind of a moot point in the in the in the realm of Mother Teresa because you know you can you can. You like like the Bill Clinton thing. You can call Monica Lewinsky a slut, and at the same time, 
be like, oh, but Mother Teresa, oh, don't talk any bad about her. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? This, and the same people did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I just don't think that... I, in my research, I didn't uncover sexist things about Mother Teresa. Okay. Only about her actions. I didn't find a single person that was talking shit about Mother Teresa on on those grounds. And if you can find them, you can send them to me. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, like, and again, maybe everything, like, let's say everything that you're saying is absolutely true in the case, and I, and I believe you. Let's just say what Jerry's saying is yeah. true. <laughs> no, but uh, my point is, almost like, let's say there's some other person that, you know, is male who would be getting that criticism, but they aren't as much. Totally. There's a sort of protection there that oh, Mother Teresa is 100%. not One hundred percent. Right. There's a it's there's not, plenty there's plenty of I Catholic yeah. there's plenty of Catholic priests out there that have raped and molested little boys and, and women as well that are still walking around free. Mm-hmm. And this is the same institution that Mother Teresa defended with her life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like Okay. Yeah. I mean, and and yeah, they don't get anything, you know. But don't Mother Teresa about... was a was a was a public figure, was a public head, right? Uh, the rest of the these males get to uh, walk around anonymous. Mm-hmm. It's right? funny that you bring that up uh, because uh, as we speak, Canada, yeah, residential schools, yeah, priests and nuns, yep, mm-hmm. walking around taking zero responsibility, five hundred dead bodies in one. One place. Yep. And across the country, twenty-five thousand children, dead Jesus children. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just want to know where all the save the children people are and all this. That only respect. applies if it uh, matches your politics. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Anyway, ending on a high note, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we will have palate cleansing episodes for you going forward. I promise. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be like. <laughs> The history of wars won by someone slipping on a banana peel. (laughs) (laughs) But history should make you feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Goddamn right. We're not teaching real history. We are going to go into all the human trafficking that goes into manufacturing those banana peels and all the child soldiers that use them and blow off their arms in the Congo. We talk about banana republics. That would not be a palate cleansing. Banana peel republics. (laughs) That would not be a palate cleansing. (laughs) Banana peel republics. That's hilarious. Really peel back the layers on that one. Right. Yeah. So in a way, anyway, yeah. you know, I didn't do the intro this time because I couldn't think of anything funny. So should I? And do then the... I thought about that solid like I'm a Catholic now thing, which really I should open. You should open with it. Uh, I didn't. Th- it would have been a great. I opening. told you it takes me two minutes. But anyway, I am Christopher Whedon. We are the History Boys. Thank you for listening. And I am tired. I'm Tyler Armitrout. I am a History Boy, and I am uh, born again. Uh, pastafarian. I love pasta. <laughs> I like uh, spaghetti bolognese. I like Alfredo. Uh, Isn't you know. that the name of the uh, the flying spaghetti monster thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like, I don't believe I, I'm from a different sect. Yeah, it's more just we're more indulgent in the types of pasta, the variety, mm-hmm. and the amount of bread that we eat with because yeah. we carb on carb on carb, and that's how we mm-hmm. really uh, show our uh, <laughs> you know your your devoutness. Yeah, towards uh. You know, the, great, the flying spaghetti to, monster. To whatever. I'd, none, prefer none the, I'd prefer the spaghetti <laughs> monster on the ground so I'd have access with my forks and my spoons and whatnot. Yeah. I, w- I would eat the flying spaghetti monster first chance I got. Yeah, Yeah, and I am uh, Zach Mech, also a history boy, former Catholic. Uh, nice. And, uh, yeah, this, this was awesome. And by awesome, I mean awful. I feel gross. Yeah, on that note, 
<laughs> we got some uh, cool announcement stuff and everything Woo! that we're going to do real, real Yay. quick. So if you guys want to help out the show in any way, shape, or form, uh, you can sign up uh, for our Patreon at uh, History Boys yeah. Podcast at Patreon. You get access to our Discord. You will get... Check out the Patreon. There's all the tiers. Uh, uh, speaking of, we do have a new Patreon pal. Oh, what? Yeah. So, Ooh. welcome to the fold, Cat. 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 Thank you all so right. much, Cat. Welcome. Welcome. Really, really enjoying your <laughs> photos that you've been posting. Uh, they've been a lot of fun. If you want to just, like, reach out, say hey... I like you guys, or hey, here's a topic that I'd be really interested in you guys doing, or whatever. Email us at historyboyspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on all the social medias, all that fun stuff. You'll find us. Yeah, you, you, you know where to I have faith in you. Yeah. I, we believe not, in you. I'm not going to hold your yeah. hand. I don't believe in a lot of things, but you I believe in. Just you. You one listener. You know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah. And, Seth. uh... He's <laughs> taking a shot. He's like, oh shit. Plays yeah. <laughs> just shit at home. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like stoned out of his mind. Like, oh, I hope so. And I am, of course, Jerry Nash, your humble history boy. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. We love you so much. And if you would please, uh, you know, if you got some time, leave us a little review. Uh, that always helps. You don't have to spend a dime to do that. Uh, leave us some kind words. We actually got some very literally kind words on <laughs> Apple. That was amazing. That was great. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. You really put a smile on my face. Tweet at us. Do all that stuff. So, Mr. Zach. Zach, by the way, I'm not going to let him talk about his own thing. I'm going to talk about okay. uh, his thing. Tell, Zach, him, the name, tell him about his thing. The name of your band is is what? Uh, Moore's Navvies. Yeah, and they can be found on YouTube if I'm... If I'm uh, correct. You can, uh, best or, way to, to, to find us is at mooresnavvies.bandcamp.com. Nice. We'll throw a link at the, in, yeah. in the show notes. And basically what it is, is it is a metal space opera that uh, Mr. Zach Mech over here made with the incredibly talented Aaron Weed. And I'm telling you guys, it kicks all sorts of ass. Go and check it out. Because it's dope. Yeah. Now, Mr. Zach, we're going to be able to hear it, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, the single is available, and I will I'll make sure that that happens at, at the end of our talkie talks. Love you. Bye. Bye.